Matt, let me ask you something. Who is who is the best Pearl Jam cover band that did a special Halloween show at Five Towns College back in 2006 or 2007? Who's the best? Ooh. Do, do you um, know the answer? I, I think I know the answer. I'm going to go with the best one-off Pearl Jam band ever, and they went by the name Hail Hail, and I think that was you and me. It was us. That's right. Yeah. I, how did you get that? <laughs> I, I, that's, oh my God, how, you know, how did I, you it remember? Was, it was um, half lucky guess, <laughs> half memory, I don't know. <laughs> no, of course I remember that. How could I forget that? That was that was a fun time in both of our lives. We, um, yeah. So the story for all of you, because I'm sure none of you listening know the story. Why would you? Uh, back in, I, I guess it was '06 or '07. That sound right? Yeah, uh, that, then. I, I would I would say '06 is. Yeah, that's that's got to be right. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's right at my like obsessive beginning to be obsessive with Pearl Jam time in my life. Yeah. And I was thinking, I don't think my hair was really long yet. And that was around 2007. So I'd say like 2006. I don't remember your hair. Um, Casey had short hair because Casey always has short hair. Yeah. Well, his hair's long now too. Oh, is it? I didn't even know that. Yeah. I haven't seen Casey in forever. Casey was, I know. Casey was our, uh, our Mike. You were our stone and I was already. Yeah. Well, I also, I would just play bass parts on an acoustic guitar as well. So it's kind of a split. <laughs> so, so you were Jeff as if he were to, uh, play smile all the time. Yeah. Or like if stone got really sick or something. <laughs> so who would play bass in that? Well, Matt would play bass. uh, yeah, I was just going to say it's, it's okay. more like just Jeff. They probably have a sound. Type. Yeah. Like Jeff just playing bass on Guitar. This makes no sense. I'm trying to make sense of it, but no, it doesn't. No. Yeah. No. Well, no. you know what? I don't think the band uh, made you, much sense, but it's okay. No, we were the only band that didn't have like a full. We were acoustic. We other. It was. Uh, it was a typical Halloween. So you know, Halloween cover other bands. I think somebody did Bob Dylan and somebody did uh, Madonna. Uh, I During can't that time, there was probably like a My Chemical Romance band too. I. You know, I can't remember who headlined. Um, I, I really can't. I put the whole thing together, too. That's why that was the only reason why we were able to do it. Um, yeah, we also, you know, we jammed one time for it just to make sure <laughs> we much. all knew the songs and then we played. It wasn't a big deal. We were deal. sitting in the computer lab. We were sitting That's, in the computer lab playing. That is 100% to, to accurate. And, yeah. Um, so do you remember what we played? Do you remember our set list? Um I feel like I remember parts of the set list. I think we did. I think we did hail hail, right? Well, we did. Yeah, we did it in a medley. I think it was our yeah. medley was like corduroy into hail hail into do the evolution into uh, Baba. I think we did. We Baba. definitely did Baba. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But was there one more in there? I mean, Casey and I, Casey's the guitar player in my, in my band now. I've known Casey since 2004. Um, we've been playing Better Man for a really long time. It might have been Better Man. Uh, no, we but, played Better Man. That was our second song. Oh, so, we okay, played so better, better Man second and close with Live. 
Okay, so you said Better Man in there, so that was already in there. No, just not, yeah, not in the medley. Better Man oh, wasn't in the medley. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm thinking of. Then, then you know what? I don't remember. I don't remember. I I I want to say that like at first, like the first to open before going into Corduroy. I think Casey played the riff of I Am Mine. Do you remember that? It's it's. I don't, but uh, but it sounds like it's pro- <laughs> it's probably what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, whenever we kind of take this stroll back, you, I, I always seem to, to remember the, the, the little details and you're, you know, I, I always have to remind you of what happened. It's, it's true. I remember, like, I'll remember daytime. I'll remember if it was raining or if it was cold, but then you get down to like, well, who was there? And I'm like, I have no idea. I mean, I, re- I remember this day. I remember we were sitting in the little semicircle, everyone watching uh, it was a chilly day. It was a little overcast on the island in Deer Park. Not bad. Um, uh, but then you asked me about what songs we played. I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. I Again, I, I don't remember the weather, but I remember what I was wearing. I think I I grew my beard out enough to, to be a grizzled type Eddie. Um, Sounds about right. And I was wearing a blue flannel shirt and a... Uh, like a knitted skull hat for whatever reason. I don't think I've ever seen Eddie wear something like that, but, um, you know, that it was a one time, one time only until, uh, we decide to, to bring it back. Maybe, maybe we should do it like a charity show, bring it back. Yeah. Uh, and we, what we could do is we could just have whoever wants to come jam, come jam. And basically any, any Pearl jam song or any, any cover song or any song, any song yeah. from the band from a band that Pearl Jam covers, it'll be all up for grabs. It'll be all on the oh, table. Buckley said he would do it. Oh, of course, Buckley will do it. We just need a drummer. That's always the biggest problem. Can we call like Matt Chamberlain or something? Is he uh, busy? Uh, I, yeah, stuff? he's probably yeah. He's with he's with Kanye and like the uh, I don't know. Yeah, like he's with like a thousand people, but <laughs> yeah. Dave Cruson's probably more free. Yeah. Anyway. Um, happy early Halloween if you're listening to this on the debut and uh, let's get to the intro and away we go you're listening to Live on Four Legs the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mr. Stone Gossett Fucking camera in the truck. everybody as we get to our show this is our eighth episode of live on four legs the live pearl jam podcast experience it's randy sobel and matt helvig here what's up and uh un- 
unfortunately, uh, you know, we had a last minute change. We were supposed to be six legs today, but have to go back to the OG, uh, <laughs> the OG from like four weeks ago. Yeah. Show. Yeah. We, uh, um, yeah, you make it sound like we've been around for like 10 years. Like, you know, we got to go it, back to how it was. It sure as, <laughs> it sure as hell feels like it. We've been it so busy with it. It does. Well, yeah, we're keeping um, it going. But, so that's all that matters. Exactly. And we have lots of, lots of good ideas for the future too. I like feeling busy with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It gives you, it's a sense of fulfillment. Yeah. Once you, once you get it out and you start listening to it, it's like, I did that. You know, it's, we did that. We put that together and it's nice. We just hope everyone else feels the same way. Uh, yes. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Time, time will tell. Time will um, tell. My, but what I like is I like like my family members and my, my future sister-in-law. Uh, she stayed with us this weekend and she asked me, she gave me the smile. Randy, how's the podcast going? I'm like, oh, you want me to talk about the podcast? I will talk about the podcast. I love the podcast. And I just, I kept going on and on. And I, uh, I found a way to stop myself because I don't think family members are, that was just a, hey, it's going pretty good. Oh, okay, good, good. Glad to hear. Not what a, you got to uh, say is I could talk about the podcast or you could go listen to the podcast. You could just listen to it. <laughs> uh, I don't. I. I don't think uh, that Danielle would be into that. She's. She's into Sarah McLaughlin and uh, Josh Groban and stuff like that. Uh, okay. She's not. I mean, she can be convinced, I suppose. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, not to say anything bad about Josh Groban. He's just a different artist. Very different. A little different, a little different. Not you, not to say you can't like Pearl Jam and Josh Groban, because Jillian loves Josh Groban, and she has, you know, three years ago when she met, when we met, uh, she got into Pearl Jam too, so it, it can happen. There you go. I'm not really into Josh Groban. I like Josh Groban when he, um, when he cameoed on The Office as Andy's brother. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, you know what? <laughs> this is going to sound bad. Uh, I think I thought that was Andy Samberg for some reason. <laughs> well, yeah, he had the, uh, he had the beard and the longer hair. Yep. I told you that was going to sound bad. That is oh, funny. well, no, no, no. I, I could, I understand. Like if you haven't seen it in a while and you think back and you were like, wasn't it? I think that was Andy Samberg. I understand. I get it. Cause he, he makes the same kind of guest appearances everywhere too. He just pops so, up. <laughs> exactly. Even in his own show when they were doing, uh, uh, what was the cop show that got uh, canceled on Bro- Fox? Brooklyn Nine Nine. Keep wanting to say, yeah, I keep wanting to say Reno Nine One One, but yeah. I know that both was great shows. Both are great shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what I think um, we failed to mention here was Steve was supposed to be on a podcast today, and unfortunately had to cancel on us. He had a family emergency. Everything's going to be okay, but uh, tonight just wasn't a good night for him. Um, and we do expect him to be on next week. We'll give you more details with that episode later. Sure. Uh, so if you're craving your six legs, gotta wait a week. Yeah. Sorry, and, sorry, uh, sorry. I'm, I'm happy that, uh, I think we got some good, good feedback with Steve and Chris. Uh, so I think, I think we did well with our guests, right? Yeah. That's what it sounds like. I, I, I think people kind of like the energy that we bring and, 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 you know, it's good to do it. I like doing it just us. You know, like twice, do us twice a week, uh, you know, two times in a row and then, then do a six leg and then do one other time, then do a six leg and kind of mix it up enough where 
nothing feels stale. That's that's what I like. So and we always have Steve and right, and there are only so many shows that you and I have been to that are you know good enough to cover for the show. So when we could do a show that we haven't been to and have somebody in that was there, uh, makes it even better. Of course, yeah. No, and um, we're gonna get that in a couple weeks uh, for a couple shows. So not gonna spoil anything now, but. There will be more six legs for the future. Yeah. Um, so here we are, and we are covering today. We're covering Philly from Halloween 2009. This was the last of four shows closing the spectrum. And uh, oh, I failed to mention this episode. This is uh, we might as well make it a tradition or something. We're calling this. This is what we're calling our Halloween episode. <laughs> In my treehouse of horror. It's the Halloween special. How perfect is that? It's great. In my treehouse of horror. So every year we're going to have uh, In my In my treehouse of horror episode and this is the very first one. This is exciting. <laughs> this is And you know what? If we get to about like 12 or 13, if we get to about 12 or 13 seasons within In my treehouse, uh, you can you can ask us to cancel and we'll cancel. Unlike The Simpsons, we will cancel our we, show because we we'll will know uh, when we're stale. <laughs> we know when it when it's beating the dead horse, or hopefully we'll know. Exactly. I'd like it to not get to the point where people are telling us. I'd like to figure it out ourselves, but we'll we'll see what yeah. happens. <laughs> you know, the the good thing is that we're not anywhere close to being there. We're still finding our stride. Well, not only that, but I think we have a lot of stuff we want to cover too. So there's no shortage oh, of yeah. episodes. Yeah, I, I said I, I'm not I'm not worried about being bored yet. So we're we're in a good spot. Yep. Um, and I'm definitely not bored uh, to talk about this. What what people no. what people make it seem out to be like a pretty disgusting show in a few ways. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But there's there's a couple of different. This is a good one to do for Halloween. I feel like there's there's kind of a lot at play on on this show uh, in in a lot of different sure. aspects. Yeah, I think they um, to use a phrase they they wear a lot of masks in this show. Haha, yeah, Halloween. Uh, I'm talking about also just you know the state of the venue, the where the oh, venue's going. Yes. Just we're gonna we're gonna talk about all of it. Well, it's it's a long one. Um, hopefully. This episode won't take as long as the show did. It was a 41 song set. My God. O-T-O-T-O. Never doing that again. And I don't think they've had anywhere close to a 40, 40 song set since. So, um, yeah, just a monster, a monster of a show. And especially after playing, they played the 27th and 28th and then took a break the 29th and played the 30th and 31st. So that's a lot. And you can tell Ed was losing it a little bit at the end and, and he needed to he needed to kind of bring out, you know, some extra inning strength in him. And uh, he did, but that's just a long time to do a show. Yeah, it adds to the whole feel of this kind of Halloween vibe though. It it's not it's not a pretty show. It's not a clean show, you know, with the crowd and the, and the venue and, and mm. the traffic and the tailgating and the bands just going all night and going all weekend, whatever it might be. Uh, and it, it's what makes it, uh, kind of famous. And, um, so yeah, so I'm, ex I'm excited to talk about it. Absolutely. Um, I'm excited to hear you 
talk before we get into this. I'm excited to hear what Patreon is all about. Will you talk about Patreon? Because I have no idea what we're doing. Live on Four Legs wants to bring you guys the best listening experience. We also want to bring you guys fun stuff to enjoy, like more episodes and merch. So we're looking to raise money through our Patreon page to keep our store up and running. We're going to be adding some amazing merchandise for the listeners. And we're also going to be donating a lot of money to charity. We're not asking for a free handout, and we're not taking any profits. For every donation, there will be prizes and incentives. So let's get to those. $40 donation, you will receive an exclusive Live on Four Legs t-shirt. Those are the t-shirts that we put up in our store and that we feature every month. You'll also get a Live on Four Legs sticker, a shout-out on the show, and the really cool thing, an opportunity to pick an episode. You'll tell us which Pearl Jam show to cover, if it's one you wanted to go to, if it's one you like to listen to, or if it's one that you've been to that holds a special place in your heart. If you donate $20, you'll receive a special gift bundle consisting of merch from the 2018 Home Away shows. This bundle is big time while supplies last. They are going fast, and once we get close to reaching our goal or open up our store, we will mail those out to you guys. That also comes with a Live on Four Legs sticker and a shout-out on the show. If you donate $10, you get a special shout-out on the show along with a Live on Four Legs sticker, a Live on Four Legs print set, and a thank you letter from Randy and I. If you donate $5, you receive a Live on Four Legs sticker, a thank you letter from Randy and I, and also a shout-out on the show. If you donate $1, you'll get a shout-out from Randy and I on the show. So go check out our Patreon page, Live on Four Legs, become a patron, do a one-time donation, any little bit helps. Again, it all goes back to you guys, whether it be merchandise or charitable organizations. See, I, I like that. I, I, I like that I at least heard what you were saying. Yeah. Sometimes I need to take a break from talking and, and just listen. Yeah, just well, listen. we want everyone else to listen too because, you know, we're we got some stuff here and we got uh we want to we want to get you things. we want to get you stuff and stuff and things and 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 stuff. So. Mhm. That that sounds exactly <laughs> my point exactly. You need yeah, things yeah. and stuff. You could tell I put a lot of thought into that sentence. Yeah. Um so coming up, coming up in the next couple of weeks, like kind of how I mentioned before, one of our six legs, uh, we are having our first Patreon on the show. Uh, so we will we will show you that it does happen. Um, you know, donate to us, and we're gonna we're gonna make something happen for you guys. And we, you know, we just wanna we want you to be part of the group, and we want to give you the Pearl Jam experience. And uh, right, yeah. And you just know, remember, you know, we're still not, we're still starting off too. So, it, you know, you're gonna everything's gonna get mailed out, and we're gonna everything we say is we're gonna make oh, good yeah. on, you know, because we're we like you guys a lot. So, um, and if you're listening and you ordered a shirt or a hoodie or something like that, we're it's in the process of uh, being printed this week, so you shouldn't have too much to worry about. It should be. I, I was hoping by Halloween. I don't know if that's gonna happen at this point, but. Uh, it should, it should be coming up pretty soon. Yeah, again, we're a so, we're a pretty excited. we're a pretty small operation here, so you know, getting it all done sometimes takes a little bit, but we're going to get everything done, and you guys are going to be happy. Hopefully, be happy. They're going to be happy. I know they're going to be happy. I'm I'm happy. I, I'm I'm happy as well. All right. If we're both happy, then <laughs> they're going to be happy. They have to feed off of our energy. Absolutely. They can't be happy from somebody else's podcast list and then come to us. I, that I don't think it works that way. Yeah, but you gotta. You just gotta be shiny, happy people, holding hands. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we've we've gone on far enough. Uh, 
So, okay, let's get into this. This, um, this is it. This is it for the Spectrum, a historic building in Philadelphia that was on Broad Street for years, from 1967 until the demolishing, and I believe it was 2010 that they finally demolished it. The Flyers and 76ers played there from 67 and its inception till uh, 1996 when uh, the Fargo, the Wells Fargo Center was built. And the, the Spectrum held witness to two Stanley Cup teams in the 70s from the Flyers, the, uh, the old Bernie Perrant, um, Bobby Clark, Dave Schultz teams that used to go around fighting everybody and, and uh, the Broad Street Bullies, they used to call them. The Broad Street Bullies, uh, I believe yeah. Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie was supposed to do a movie about the Broad Street Bullies and it never got off. You know, I thought I heard of that too. Which it would have been really cool. Yeah, I remember hearing something about that. Was it Rob Zombie or uh, we might... We, I, it was I, definitely I re- Rob Zombie, I yeah. remember hearing something about that, yes. Yeah, Rob Zombie, who was also like around my hometown at a vegan restaurant a couple of weeks ago, which is really random. Well, you can't mistake that guy. No, not at all. You know, uh, I, you know, I'm not a big hockey fan, but I, I would, you know, two two Stanley Cup championships. I, I'd be okay with that if they were demolishing the place. Yeah, right? yeah, I, I absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think most. If they tore down City Field tomorrow, I would be very, very upset. Uh, <laughs> mm, mm. See, I, I, I'm gonna bring in a quote from Just Breathe for this. Okay. Some folks they have one. Yeah, others they have none. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I think that's that's a good quote to relate to sports franchises when uh oh, it's they so, don't have it's so broad any rings that, or anything like that. That could cover that could cover so much, you know, that could go across Of course. Every sport. I think of course, it's, I, I think just, it's a, I think it's very fitting. Yeah. I, yeah. I just thought about that now, which I'm like, oh that that's um that's quite fitting for this conversation. Yeah. Um, thank you for also changing the way I listen to the song from now on. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're going to think of like a depressed Mets fan. I'm going to think Field. of, yeah. So as, as if I wasn't depressed enough as it is now back, back from the Mets back to the spectrum in Philadelphia a little bit, as much as I, I personally am not a Philadelphia sports fan at all. Uh, neither is Matt. No, I don't know if you, you were able to tell where, both New Yorkers, obviously. Um, but yeah, so this, the world series was going on during the show. It was, uh, it was game three and I believe they had the, sp- the series was, was tied and the Yankees ended up winning the game. Do you know who pitched, who was pitching game three for both teams? Uh, I both, both pretty well-known pitchers. Oh boy. And can you take a guess? Oh boy, um, Andy Pettit for the Yankees. Oh, which okay. I I think I was guessing like CC Sabathia or somebody like that. And I, my guess for the Phillies was a good guess, but I was wrong as well. It was Cole Hamels for the Phillies, which is a pretty obvious guess. Cole Hamels was their ace at the time, but my my guess was uh, Pedro Martinez. Oh Pedro yeah, Pedro Martinez Pe- pitched for uh, the Phillies that year. That's right, he did. I totally forgot. So uh, they would end up losing game three. I think they lost uh, the Phillies, that is. They lost eight to five. But this is like, that's a death series for us. I I thought when that series was going on that, you know, bottom of the ninth, tied tie game and game seven, they were both just going to be like, well, fuck it. 
the Mets aren't winning, so we're both champions. Right. And then, like, my life was going to be miserable for the next year. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was way too into it at that point. <laughs> it was it was the worst of either situation, basically. Yeah. And then the Flyers actually played that day, too. They played a day game. So, I mean, tons going on. I think, I think the next day... Uh, the Eagles were hosting the Giants, so that, that's like that's yeah. such a huge, huge weekend in Philadelphia. It's there's just a lot going on, and Pearl Jam being at the forefront of it, closing down one of the most historic buildings in the country is just uh, just something crazy. Um, Depending on how you look at it, it was either very good planning or very poor planning. Well, I think it was actually. Uh, I don't. I, I want to save it because one of my stories for later actually reveals something to kind of what you're you're getting at there. You know, we're really good at the segue on this show. Mm. <laughs> so we'll we'll call it back later. Yes. Um, I would like to talk a little bit more about some of the spectrum stuff because it, it's not just like yeah, sports. There, the Flyers, the Sixers. I think I failed to mention that. The Moses Malone, Dr. J, Sixers won the NBA championship in 83 there. That was, uh, Moses Malone was famous for before the playoffs going foe, 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 saying that they were going to sweep the whole entire playoffs. They went 4-5-4. Four, four. Right. So that's still really, really freaking good. It's close, yeah. Yeah, and the, the Sixers apparently have a good team now. I don't know. I don't follow basketball, but. Yeah, I don't know either. Couldn't tell you. But the Spectrum was also known for legendary legendary shows and i wrote down kind of a cliff notes version of some of the legendary shows that they've had there um cream on their final tour awesome zeppelin in i think it was their like second u.s tour uh jimmy hendrix experience the doors bob marley and the whalers pink floyd elvis played there months before his death um aerosmith what a crazy story. I should have looked into this a little more. Uh, they were apparently t- attacked on stage with M80s. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. People just, people just tossing them up on stage or something? Uh, like I said, I wish I would have looked into it a little more because that, what a nutty story. They, they apparently crashed the stage and started throwing shit at them. Boy. Yeah. Uh, but this, obviously, going back to the old Philadelphia trope, uh, this is... This is the crowd that, that pelted Santa with snowballs. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so they'll never live that down. But I, I get how they can roll their eyes at something like that, you know, 30 or 40 years later, whatever it is. So, yeah. Um, Van Halen opened up for the original Black Sabbath lineup. Uh, Queen played there. Um, Live Aid. This was... Uh, America, uh, the American Live Aid was there, and I mean, everybody, it was a who's who, was essentially at the Live Aid in America, and while uh, the London one, I think that was where Queen played, that was the legendary Queen performance. Well, that's that's Aid. known to be probably the best live concert performance of all time, 70,000 yes. people, oh, sugar, I just saw the number, um of uh, how many people tuned in on TV. It was record-breaking for the time. It was it was insane. Yeah. But you look down the list of names of, of just who was there. Just Oh, yeah. 
you know, I think the only thing that I remember ever rivaling it in our time, besides like when when they aired Woodstock '94 and Woodstock '99 on TV, '99, yeah, um, which were just crazy, um, was the the tribute to uh, Hurricane Sandy, the Hurricane Sandy uh, show, where. I mean, it was a who's who. Everybody played that night. Bruce played that night. Uh, the Who played. Stones played. Joey played. Um, Eddie sang with uh, with uh, who was it? Was it David Gilmore? Or was it? Uh, it might have been Gilmore. Yeah, I can't remember either. Who? Roger. Roger. Something. Roger Waters. Roger Waters. I think it was right. Roger Waters. Um, yeah, he, they did comfortably comfortably numb together, and that kind of turned into. Eddie's stealing it for the band later on. Um, Paul McCartney played with, with the Foo Fighters. Um, Billy Joel played. It was the um, Raising Funds for Sandy show. They called it the 12 12 12. That was, uh, yep. I, that was as close as you would get to Live Aid in this day and age. Um, but, you know, who knows? Oh, Kanye played that too, and Kanye got booed off the stage. I remember that either way. The queen live aid was the, is like the definitive concert of like all time. Yes. At least, uh, in yes. my opinion. And I think, I think in the movie that, that just came out, I think they, uh, they focus a lot on that show, right? They do recreate that. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh my God. That's going to be awesome. Um, two more that I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, Springsteen played there the night after John Lennon's death. And it was kind of like a tribute to him and they played twist and shout. And, uh, uh, that was a legendary performance, but um, sure. the whole who holds the record for the most performances at the spectrum of all time? The most performances at the spectrum of all time were the Grateful Dead. Hey, you got it. <laughs> I did my homework. Fifty-three times. I feel like bands now, like Fish, uh, are 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 making that a number like that look absolutely completely obsolete. You know, with their Oh, MSG shows and 13, so, uh, 53 yeah. or, or Billy Joel, you know, uh, at the, at MSG yep. 50, 53 performances by one band at a venue now is like peanuts, which oh, is, is pretty, it's pretty amazing that, that people could just have residencies like at a place like MSG like that and sell it out every time, you know, 13 shows in a row, of course. um, you know, Billy Joel with just doing years and years, um, but back then, the Grateful Dead, fifty-three performances. I mean, that's nothing to scoff at. Because back then, that was probably quite the achievement. Um, I think it's. I think. And it's I'm really sure cool they stat. had like four nights the same as Pearl Jam did here. I'm sure they had sure. a bunch in a row. But what Billy Joel? I, I think it's a lot easier now. I, w- I would say if I, I don't really have a reason why. I just feel like these days, like Fish doing thirteen shows in a row in MSG, they're going to sell that out. But I feel like maybe back in the day. Grateful Dead coming around well, every I, now and then. What I was about to say about Billy Joel, yeah, what I was about to say about Billy Joel was that he keeps racking up the numbers because he he doesn't really tour that much anymore. He doesn't do full fledged tours. I'll be like, okay, no, it's you know, it's really just do, just MSG. I'm gonna he, he does it sporadically. It's not like a tour. It's like okay, uh, let's see how much Florida is going to pay me. I'll go down to Florida and I'll play in Tampa. Sure. I'm going right. to go over to Memphis and I'm going to play a show in Memphis. And, it, and it's maybe like he might do four or five shows in total a month, but every month he'll do an MSG show. We went yeah, ex- uh, exactly, May, exactly. And we, I, when I went to go buy the tickets, it was for her birthday. Uh, 
I mean, I had I had like five or six shows to choose from, so I just chose the cheapest show. So um, that that's kind of how he he pumps up his numbers. But in comparison, Billy Joel's at what uh, like sixty or something now at, at MSG. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Pearl Jam's only had ten MSG shows, which I thought was a lot, but I mean, fish fish nailed that in a week. It, it's it's not a lot, and I always kind of I, I do go back to Pearl Jam being one of the best performances at MSG, but because MSG is such a uh, just such a monster venue, and so many people have played there. I think they mentioned like. Uh, that three other acts. This this was at the um, in the DVD the the live at the garden DVD. They said three other acts uh, rock the stage, just like like they did. Um, it was Bruce, it was Iron Maiden, and ACDC. I, th- I think it was okay. something like that. Um, but like they shook they shook the stage. That's what uh, a stagehand was telling them. Mm. And and they would know best. I mean, they're up there. I would assume. Yeah, they they were they're up there in that pantheon, which is really nice. But they'll, I don't think anyone's ever going to say that Pearl Jam had a better MSG show than Bruce or Billy Joel or even Elton John, who was doing tons of MSG shows with Billy Joel uh, up until a couple of years ago. It's just they're they're just not there yet. But to to um, I'm going to do one of these segues here. Uh, to be that band that a place calls upon you to be the last to ever play in the building. I think that's, that's incredibly, incredibly special to get that treatment. And you look back at all of the nineties bands and the bands that kind of came around that time. And there really isn't anybody else that hits that, um, that height of popularity like they do. Um, yeah. Do you I want mean, to say the Foo Fighters can do that? Sure, but... Uh, well, well, I was just going to say, I, I, they might be able to, but to do four shows, I think you're going to have trouble selling them out as you go, um, where with Pearl Jam, it's not going to be a problem. So. Right, right. I mean, some of that is obviously due to the money. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But uh, going back to that, uh, I mean, how many times has has Billy Joel done that? What twice? Shea Stadium and uh, and did he do? Um, I think he did Yankee Nassau? Stadium too. Oh, he definitely did Nassau. I thought he did the last show at Yankee Stadium as well. So he might have done three. Oh yeah, I mean he he owns New York. Uh, that's not a question. And what's funny about it is Bill, Billy Joel ha- hates playing live now. You you can just <laughs> you tell in his demeanor. He forgets the lyrics to Piano Man for Christ's sakes, you know. It's kind of a kind of a grump. So, anyway, um, throughout the four shows uh, over the course of five nights, I think, I think, kind of the the general consensus that I got from people was that uh, night three was the best. Uh, night four was was second, just because of how enormous it was and what it meant. But everybody said that night three's set list was out of this world. They did. Uh, Hold on for the first time. Uh, they brought back. There were three or four songs that they brought back for the first time in years. Uh, Deep being one of them. Which Let's is crazy. not give it all away. Are you talking about uh, night? Oh three? no, no. I'm I'm talking about yeah. I'm talking about night three. Okay, I was going to say yeah. don't go too we far. We can give that away. <laughs> yeah, you can give night three away. That's Th- fine. That might be in my, in my treehouse of horror too. 
there for you next go. year. <laughs> yeah, so I, I can give it away now. You all remember. Um, Definitely not. Uh, Deep Habit and Parting Ways, I think, were the three that uh, were in hiding for so long. They did Tremor Christ that night. Um, I don't think they did Even Flow or any. I think they laid off a lot of the hits. So um, that's probably why a lot of people really like Night Three. And they said that Night One was the third best, and Night Two was the least best of the shows, which is funny because I seem to remember that Steve offered me a ticket for night two and I, I declined it because I was working at the time. Yeah. Yeah. This is right when I would have been getting, yeah, I was starting the the wedding stuff. So I'm sure um, that got in my way. (laughs) 10 years later, you know, I got to do my own performing, you know? So unfortunately I gotta, I gotta miss out sometimes, but but that's hey, that's life. That's life. Um, 103 different songs over the course of all four shows, which is incredible. It was rare songs mixed in with the common everyday tracks. And it was a whole mix of just about everything that you could want in four shows. And, And if you came out of those shows saying they didn't play this, come on, shut up, get over yourself. And, if you, if you're mad that they didn't play something, just 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 buy tickets for the next show and hope that you get it the next show. There's there's no complaining after going to all these shows. Yeah, so, I'd be a little I'd be a little turned off if someone came out of especially night four and was complaining about songs they didn't hear after getting 41 songs. So no complaining allowed on this one. No uh, openers for the first two nights were uh, Social Distortion and Bad Religion open for this show and the night before. So it really can't do much better. I no. love both bands. So um, Eddie, Eddie sang with Bad Religion on this night. Uh, he did Watch It Die with them, which is, I think, a song he actually recorded. I know he recorded something on Recipe for Hate that was uh, backup vocals, and I think it might have been that song. So that's, that's a cool little throwback. But, but, yeah, throw them in there. Yeah, and uh, classic, classic classic merch for this show too. Um, the posters from Tom tomorrow and all of the characters, uh, posing in front. They're just like legendary sixties and seventies type characters, uh, from right. like evil Knievel to Superman to wonder woman, uh, to that robot thing from, uh, is it lost in space? Lost in I space. can't remember. Yeah. Was that what it was? Yeah. And, yeah, um, who, what did I say to Steve? Uh, uh, Raquel Welch as well. Oh yeah, that's right. Raquel Welch. That he was complaining about a poster with Superman and Raquel Welch. <laughs> right. He, he has that night four poster. I've seen it. It's, it's pretty cool in person. Um, and I love the idea and the art. I, I just thought they were a little boring. Um, I love, like I said, I love the idea of, of the characters through the ages and the, the kind of pop culture references, but they're kind of just all standing there. I mean, it's, it's a good idea. I just don't think it was executed that well. I think it could have been done a little better, but like I said, my brother, he's got the, he's got the one with Superman, the night four on uh, night four poster. And uh, in person it is, it is pretty cool, but I, uh, it's a li- little bland for me, but not the worst. Okay. All right. Well, I, I would have loved it. I would have bought it. If I went to the show, I'd buy it. Yeah. hundred percent. I would have, I would have gotten it. That's one that, that goes up in your room kind of deal. 
Yeah, um, yeah. It's just it's not as dynamic as I. You know me. I like them to be really kind of exciting and. and you're very much perfectionist when it comes to art. Yep. I just I like it to really kind of smack me in the face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll I'll smack you in the face. I'll give you one of those. You want to smack? You, I'll give you know you what? Just smack. just roll up, roll the poster up, and just smack me in the face with it. I'll I'll smack you with that um, uh, that Chicago poster that you love. Oh, ugh. oh, god! <laughs> smack you with one of those. Um, and the other other merchandise they had, I think they had a like a Phillies color colored jersey. That was really popular that you see it shows no, all the time now. Th- no, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm hoping that at some point they could do city field and I can oh. just waste all of my money. They could charge $300 for that and I would have no problem buying it. Oh, sold, sold, sold and done. So <laughs> let's, um, let's get into the show a little bit here. They enter to the Rocky theme, all four shows. They did this enter to the Rocky theme, played a little montage and it's not, People sometimes of Rocky, when they think Rocky theme, they think Eye of the Tiger. That's not the Rocky theme. The it Rocky is theme is dun 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 Now now you should know what the Rocky theme is. It's 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 not Eye of the Tiger. it's called Gonna Fly Now. It's called Gonna Fly Now. And also I don't think Eye of the Tiger came in until Rocky Two or Three. Yeah, it wasn't around the third one. Right. And that was by Survivor, right? Yeah. Now, I'm also pretty sure that um, Frank Stallone did a few songs for the Rocky soundtracks as well. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's brother. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that. Yeah, he's not really. I can't remember. Mickey. Mickey, yeah. I don't know that, Mick. I don't know that, Mick. Uh, <laughs> Paulie. Paulie, that was the other with the robot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Can't, can't go on too much of a tangent. This is a long show. Uh, yeah, so Gonna Fly Now hits. They play the best sports moments in Philadelphia history. And uh, Eddie comes out with boxing gloves. And I think it's not just to do, do a little rocky, but you know he comes out with boxing gloves to be the reason, reason being that they're not going to tear this place down without a fight. So that's how I saw it. Clever. And... Um, Let's get into the first track.
thing with why go is not only the most perfect decision that you could have possibly made at, on this night, but it's um, it's the most perfect decision that you could have made on this night, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, sure. First of all, you're opening with something fast instead of release or long road or something of the, of the likes. Um, and I think on this night, you have to go in there and you have to go out punching you with, with the rocket gloves. You got to go out there firing on all cylinders and show right. that like, this is going to be a show that is going to have the energy. And yeah, it's got, it's got its pros and cons though. So it's, you're, you're going to be going for a 41 song mm. set. So it's going to be long and you're already a little tired from three nights right. before, but how do you not come out guns blazing on, on a night like That's this, you know? So you three, you got to suck three it up Three days to do the ease in to do release and long road and whatever else that you had to do. You suck it up for this one and you, you come out there. So, I mean, it's not only perfect because it prepared the crowd for a long night, but Simon simultaneously, it asks the, the question to the arena after all these memories, why go home? Right. Oh, in this, in this case, they have to, because the bulldozers <laughs> are on their way, but I guess metaphorically or whatever metaphorically makes complete sense. And I, and I love it. You know, when I was listening to this, I was thinking to myself, Ed is, he is the king of, he is the rock and roll dad joke king. He is rock and roll dad. Uh, Oh, I don't think there's anyone that can dethrone him on on that. No way. No, no way. (laughs) And that's funny that you say no way, because he made a dad joke at PJ 20 before playing no way. He's like, I told stone we want to play the song. And he said, no way. And that's how yeah, exactly. And you know, you know, it's funny. I think, I think he does a lot of them by accident too. He'll just kind of be rambling and ranting and he has no idea what he's talking about. And he'll just kind of accidentally say a dad joke and it saves the whole speech that right. otherwise made no sense. Right. So, He's got that talent for sure. It's um, the poet nature in him, I suppose. But I, I think I think it's just because he's a madman. I think that's why. <laughs> it could be it too. More wordplay here, as the second song in is "Last Exit." <laughs> um, of course, of course, it is. It's he's like sticking it to him here, you know. Right, right. <laughs> hey, last time. Remember, guys, last time. So you better be excited. Um. And okay, it's not the last show that was ever in the spectrum. It was the last public show that was ever in the spectrum. The last, the last show was a private showcase for like Philly bigwigs that uh, Sixers and Flyers owner uh, Ed Snyder, who I believe has passed the last couple of years. I think he passed. Um, he put on a big showcase with uh, like Earth, Wind, and Fire, and. Uh, the last, the last person to play the headlining act was an Elvis impersonator of that night. So Elvis, uh, Elvis has left the building <laughs> and everybody else has left the building. Tiny bit of critique here. They were so fired up during this song. They almost overdid it. And 
while it was an awesome performance, I saw at times that like either Mike or Stone was was sort of getting a little lost in the energy and needed to 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 focus up a little bit. They were just they were in so deep. Yeah. Uh, Did you notice that? Or I okay. I agree. Yeah. Um, again, this is like the. Uh, this is it. This is, this is the last show. This is where everything's kind of coming to a right. head now. And it's like, they're hitting this crescendo of, 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 of the, of the performances of the, of the, of the shows that they have. So kind of right out of the gate, they're almost a little too excited. So I agree with you. Yeah. There's, it was, there's a lot of it weight. Was good, but it was, yeah, there's a lot of weight on their shoulders because I mean, this is such a historic, people are going to be talking about this in Philadelphia and, uh, on, random podcasts in their eighth episode that taught, do this for a <laughs> living. Uh, they're going to be talking yeah. about this nine years later. So, you know, I don't think they're nervous. I don't think they feel like they have anything to prove or cause they know. No, I, I think they just want to, I, they want the crowd in it. That's I, I, I just, I honestly just think they were so amped up and it almost kind of, uh, got away from them, you know, kind of like they're over accelerating in a car. Right. Or something, right. but and it doesn't just kind of dial it back just a little bit. Just, just to make it clear, it, it doesn't. Right? No, no. And I think I think they just went out really, really excited, which yeah. you know, it happens. It does, and, and that's you know, not a bad I, thing. No, it's not a bad thing at all. It was just, you know, it was a small critique that I I found somewhere that uh, Mike was off, like he missed a chord or something like that, and I I just noticed it, so I figured I'd bring it up because that's sort of the identity of this show is just sometimes getting caught up in the energy a little bit. So, uh, third song in is corduroy. And of course it is because look, while we've discussed on this show before, just we'll pick shows and, and we'll talk, we'll spend time on the more common songs. I mean, the more uncommon songs, the rarer songs and the common songs will just kind of pass by because they play them every night and all that. This show I'm such a proponent of you have to play the special songs, the com- the songs that you hear every night in their rightful spots. That makes sense. It just, it, it's one of those shows that needs it. So you'll see here with Corduroy, third song in. This is the quintessential Corduroy spot. And it's, it's essentially become their tradition. And... There are other tradition, other hits that they have spliced in with within the rares and and uncommon songs that they have too. Um, everything I felt needed to be in its comfort place, so to speak. Do you agree with that for a show like this? I agree. Um, I would disagree only because they had three other nights before. So if they were to do things completely out of order on this night that's fine too. I would be fine with either one of those because they had three nights before. So they had plenty of time to kind of do whatever they want. So it it would even almost make more sense for them to go a little crazier with order. Um, But I do agree that this is a good spot for the song. Um, But I don't agree that it fits in with this opening. I think I think Wygo and Last Exit are a little bit too aggressive to have Corduroy come third after it. It's not my, it's not my taste personally. Um, even though I love 
the song in this third spot. I don't know if I like it after these two. So, but again, it's it's sounding good and they're sounding super energized. So I don't. It's not bothering me. Um, any other time, I might say it's a little, almost too much that it it almost brings corduroy down a little bit to you know the the level it's supposed to be at. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It gets a pass for me for this night though because it is it's the last show. So you, it's you need corduroy. Yeah, you need corduroy in a show like that. That that's kind of what I'm getting. Maybe less of like things need to be in at certain spots, which there are a lot of things that you're you know, right. are in spots, places that I love hearing it, but there are also songs that, you know, we'll get to daughter and Jeremy and better man. And you, you need to add them all. Right. And I'm guess, I guess what I'm saying is that on a night like this, regardless of what comes before it, um, yeah, corduroy is in its right spot. Yes. Any other time, I think, I like I said, I think it might have just been a little bit too much um, and would have degraded corduroy a little bit for me because, as we've talked about before, sometimes you're in the venue and you're seeing them play and it hasn't even hit you yet that, like, the months right. and months of waiting. Right, drove you mad. Uh, it, you, you still don't even know you're there. But yeah. this song, for some reason, brings it all together. Okay. And um, ending the chorus, Ed will say, can't, can't buy what I want because it's keep this place. He makes he makes <laughs> a lot of dad references to, to the building. We'll, we'll get into more of those. Yeah, I think it was a couple years too late for that, though. <laughs> it might have been. Uh, but at least he was there for the last one. You know, not everybody can say that. Um, there you go. Severed Hand was number four on it. I, I kind of, you know along with the everything getting its spot, like this is to me, this is the best spot for Severed Hand kind of like, I don't want to say a come down from Corduroy because the beginning is a little eases into it, but like it, it, it keeps pace. It keeps pace really well. And it, it, it does, it is a good early song. I like hearing it within the first four or five. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, why go is, it's quick, it's fast, but it's it's a rock song. You know, Last Exit, same thing. It's a rock song. Corduroy, you get the sing-along. Severed Hand, it's got that build-up. And then uh, this, I think at this number four spot here, this is where they take it off. Yeah. I think actually this might be one of my favorite moments of the show is Severed Hand in this wow. number is in, in this number four spot. I think this is Damn. This is did where you, did you listen past this? I, I yeah, I did, but I think <laughs> what what I'm saying is Severed Hand in this spot to um almost like slingshot the set ahead is right. th- this is the perfect song for for this spot. And I I think I would say that for Severed Hand in this spot in any set. Because it's it's just that type of song. It is. I, I agree with you. I think it's in its rightful spot. I think you know if you're doing a show like this, Severed Hand these days, uh, maybe if they tour like 16 shows, maybe it gets played like three times. But back then, maybe. it was it was still it felt fresh enough. It, it, I, I guess Severed Hand is kind of what Unthought Known is now, and what maybe Lightning Bolt or. Uh, no, Minor Manners is more of an every song type, every show type of song, but like kind of what Lightning Bolt is now, where it's kind of like every other show. And then it'll, once a new album comes out, it'll kind of, you know, figure out its way, its way into the set and spots, but not as much as it was when, uh, when it was fresh. Uh, after Severed Hand, Ed says, this is how we do it in order 
to tear this building down. We got to jackhammer the fuck out of this place. He doesn't want to say goodbye and he doesn't want to think about it yet. So let's just keep playing rock and roll music. And the next song is the fixer. I love how he says, let's keep this place. And then he's like, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're, we got the jackhammers. We're going to, we're going to tear it down. Make up your mind. Well, dude. You know, he's probably through bottle number four at this point or something like that. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't have any notes on fixer. We've covered fixer. This was backspacer yeah. a month after backspacer. Let's, let's move forward. Not much to say with fixer. Uh, they stop after fixer again and, I'm going to guess that they pulled up the house lights just to see the crowd. And Eddie says that they would have come here no matter what, even if it was the circus that was in town, just to be there for the last night of the building. To be able to get the opportunity <laughs> means a lot to them and thanks to the fans and says they have a big job to do and they have to pace themselves. We'll get into pace in just a second. And it might be a long, long time that they're there, which it was. And even if everything is loud as fuck, Ed's voice, Ed will need help. Ed's voice will need help. So uh, here's a song that Ed needs help, uh, gets a lot of help with singing anyway, and it's Elderly Woman. And this is, um, I think my notes here were, don't fuck with what works, continues. Which, what I said with, with Corduroy and what I said with Severed Hand, it just Elderly woman works in the spot, and it's good to get a sing-along out of the way really early. And um, I think that the, the sing-along spots in this song were just spot-on. Uh, the crowd was, was great during it. Right, I agree. And you know that, you know, having we've seen this song how many thousands and thousands of well, times. Of that's, yeah. a, that's a big uh, exaggeration. But you know what I'm saying. You need it you need it on this night. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's one of the quintessential sing along songs mm-hmm. and, uh, it belongs, it belongs here. Not my favorite, but, but if you were to hear it in the set, this is the spot for it in the set. That's that, that's my main, right. Uh, selling point here is that number six, this is the night for the song oh, as well. Absolutely. It's the right, right spot in the set, right night. Like for I was the saying, song. you have to, you have to bring out your big guns at this. You have to bring out what works and what's popular along with, uh, stuff like the next song, which is you are, which is, uh, there, there are some songs interspliced here and I'm going to call them pacer songs. Okay. And the next two are pacer songs. I feel like because they're coming off of a heavy sing along, and they're going into the next song. You are isn't a sing along. Uh, it's not gonna kill the crowd either. Right, right. You know, and it's not gonna yeah, send I, anybody to the bathroom. Right. Unless you don't like Riot Act, which I actually agree with people that don't like Riot Act. I I fully understand. Uh, it's it's yeah. a it's a strange animal. So yeah, I understand completely. But. Um, pacer song. I like that. That's uh, let's add that to the, to the podcast terminology sure. because I think that's a, I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah I agree. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe on a 27 song set, you don't think pacer song, you, you don't think that they have to pace themselves as much and you just kind of see them going from song to song to song. But this there's, there's pacer songs in this and you are is, is really good in this spot that just kind of right. blends the set. I think, Usually that they would play it a little later in the set. Um, I've seen it open up 
an encore before actually. And I've seen it sure. kind of middle to late first set. And, you know, it's mm. not something that you can use everywhere, but uh, it's got a little versatility. It's kind of like a careful versatility. Like you can move it around, but it might get weird. So yeah, don't, just don't, don't test it. Don't poke at it. Yeah. Would, would you call it a six man? It's not that versatile. Six man has to be versatile. It's coming off the bench, mm. but it's not, it's not a six man. Sure. Um, sure. Amongst the waves is, this is another pacer. It's, uh, and Ed tees it up by saying, uh, this is what we call a love song for surfers. How many times have we covered amongst the waves on this podcast? Two or, th- two or three, since we did a couple backspacers show, they played it at the first Fenway show. What's your, uh, what's your, what's your thoughts on amongst the waves? Because I really like it live. Um, see, I think I like it better on the album. And I, I think we briefly mentioned this at like Ber- during the Berlin show or something like that. Uh, I, I'm, when this album came out, this was the song that I, I kind of glued myself to. And this was the first one that I'm like, oh, this is, this is a good one besides Fixer got some, uh, this is, this is a good one, but right. This was like single, please like radio, please. You know, it was, it, yeah. you could tell it's kind of written that way, but because of that, it was kind of easy to listen to a lot. Yeah. I just think like I, when I saw it live, I'm like, Again, the crowd reaction and the just being there and how the band sounds. I probably will skip this song when I listen to the album every single time now, but I love it live. I never skip a song. Well, that's just me, but I never skip a song. You know what? My problem with the song live is that this is not a song that gets a lot of crowd participation, especially, you know, Backspacer time when they were playing this a lot of Backspacer shows. The people yeah. that are going might not you know I, I went with my brother to one of those shows i didn't think he he listened to backspacer he probably didn't um you know he he probably didn't know amongst the waves and people were just kind of they were digging it but not into yeah it. i think a lot of the people going probably don't like amongst the waves that that much live it might be like what i say with some songs where it's you know what else do you have what else can you play what's going to come after this i personally like it I don't mind. I don't mind seeing it live. I think it's just it's, and I don't want to say the word dud. It's not like a dud, but it's just no, you know, not at all. It's not in my perfect set. I will say that it's not. No, 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 no. I it definitely not. It, this it doesn't push the needle for me. But if I get it live, I'm totally fine with it. And yeah. as we're saying here with these pacers, this is more a bit more of a sing along song. You you're you're going to get the crowd back into it now with what comes up next. Yes. With what's coming next. Uh, this is, it's getting them back. Uh, in. I mean, e- even flow and it's right, rightly spot. This is number nine and it's even flow. And, um, so second verse, he says, he, I don't know if he messes up the lyrics, but he says, instead of uh feud far in between all the legal halls of shame, he says feelings like this, are few and far between. I don't know if he messed up the lyrics or if he was just thinking of something else, but um, I thought that was a little odd that like kind of a, a well-known lyric was, was swapped out just for nothing. Um, But even flow, and we don't talk about even flow unless we have to debate piss breaks, but you know, in a show like this and, as I said before, uh, the hits really can make 
a classic show feel classic. And that that's, I see even flow being that. And, you know, to go to one of these shows and, you know, even if I, I, I read some of, uh, the post, uh, if you're listening from the porch, the porch, uh, blew up. It had so many different posts about it. And I thank everybody for writing in on that. But somebody said that they, mm. they had brought their brother who wasn't a huge Pearl Jam fan, but who had to be there for the last day of the spectrum. So that's like, you know, that's the kind of song that it, it, if, if you're the brother, you're like, why wow, you got to hear even flow, right? It, it's, it's like right. a typical arena rock song. So it's to us, to the, to the, expert fan or I don't want to say expert fan that sounds douchey uh to the I guess you know studied fan I don't even that sounds douchey um (laughs) everything I say is going to sound bad uh to the fan who has uh been there on multiple occasions um they might or talk about this on multiple multiple episodes they might pass by this a little bit but I think today on this show that we talk about it a little more and just kind of even give you a little snippet info. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, let's hear McCready shed a little bit. How about that? Shred. Did yeah. I say shed? Er- let's hear him shred in the shed. sing-along and Eddie just lets him lets him go and it's a special moment because you hear there is not a silent voice in that crowd you hear everybody from the 400 levels to the to the floor to the to the guy mopping the the, uh, the bathroom which we'll talk about later. oh yeah I think there was enough people in there where it was 99.9 percent of everyone was singing that part in that in that place at that time. That's what it sounds like, at least. Absolutely, it's what it sounds. It sounds like a hundred percent. And like the car park guys too outside, they were singing it too. And the Yankees and Phillies across and the street. The they and all Phillies paused during the game. during the game. It was actually during the national anthem. That's and, that's true. Well, the twilight's even flow. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Watch the footage. Watch the footage. It's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Nick Swisher and uh, um, who else was on it? Johnny Damon. They're they're both. Was that, they're yeah, both. that was the Damon years. Yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I, who, uh, Jimmy Rollins and and Ryan Howard and uh, oh, by the way, we don't have to say this is not a baseball show today because it's all relevant. I'm watching the World Series right now, actually. Oh, at, at that's right. It's on. I, I am not in a room with a TV. Good good memories, you know, Fenway. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder who's sitting in our seats. I don't know. Did they buy those seats or did they? I don't know. We were gifted by some very generous Pearl Jam fans that I We still... sure were. And I got in touch with them this week and I told them they're, they're getting shirts. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Dave and Kristen, I believe. So and they were very excited to get their shirts. Yeah, let's uh, let's move forward here. Uh, he says he, as an Ed, says that this is going to fill the category of never play, rarely played before, or never again. Certainly not in this building ever again. That's and yeah. It goes into this. Talk us through gets a nice little pop from from the crowd there once they get into it um it had been a long time since they played it and it had been a couple years for um, sure yeah october 2000 it's a 281 show layoff numbers uh, brought to you by our our very good friends over at livefootsteps.org go check out livefootsteps.org yeah october 25th 2000 i i have it written down as which is really cool, you know, how they almost teed it up perfectly, you know, to the day. Right. So cool. That, so cool that they have that catalog that they could go back to these songs that are, are rare, that they haven't played in a while and say, whoa, this is almost nine years to the day. Let's let's do it. Right. I wonder if they were like keeping that like by calendar, like by hand <laughs> one time and then realized, oh, all these crazy ass fans are creating this media for us. We don't have to keep our own records anymore. Exactly. Just pay attention it, to what they're doing. Probably. So they, you know, they're about ready to go on and they're like, oh, uh, it says here on the tracker that pilot hasn't been played since October 25th, 2000. So let's do that right. tonight. <laughs> they just cross reference their <laughs> own shit. Oh man. That's, that's hilarious. Um, I want to get into this sometime. Uh, it's really interesting. There are five songs from yield and, uh, that when Yield came out, they completely ignored. Either played them almost never, and some of them like Pilot and No Way, they they still never play. Um, right. But then you look into the numbers and how Low Light started. Low Light was never played on the Yield tour. The first 
time they ever played Low Light was 2001. Right. And look at what that's turned into. It's and turned it's a, into a staple. It's, it's, it's a staple. It's a staple. It's your, your, I think more likely than not going to get that it's song. It's part of your opening three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And I, I, you know, I think the first time I heard it was my third show in Hartford. And I kind of thought that I, I was a little, I was a little surprised to see it because it was in a spot that they didn't play a song like that in the last two shows that I, I had seen them. But um, it it just kind of, I guess their love for it kind of grew or, or something. I don't well, know. Maybe you know, they were afraid to play it. Who knows? It's an easy song too. We're, we're good. Well, we're going to get to it. Uh, cause I think, I think this gets it's touched honest, yeah. on. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that. Um, I think they realize that the fans just really like it. I mean, I, I love it. I know you love it. And I think, Oh, love it. Yeah. I think everyone else does too. Or, or I, I hope, I hope they do. But you know what? Once they, once I heard it live more, once it, once it became more in the rotation live and I heard it live for like the third or fourth time, I really like around the time that I heard this in Buffalo in 2013. Mm. I was really excited to hear this in Buffalo. That was that was one of the highlights of that night for me. So I think it was more of that and, and Yield obviously being my favorite album, but um, I think it was more of the just kind of repetitiveness that they were going to play it live that you were going to expect in your, and not only that, but you love it. And I, I guess that's what got him into it. But, um, pilot, which we're kind of still on now, it was at that time, the only the 15th time that they had played it. Right. And right now it, it's, you know, it, it's just about doubled. It's uh th- 32 times. So it's, it's, it's over. It, it's been played 17 more times since then. And, the same amount of time that it took just about to get to that point. So, right. uh, you know, I, I think that they should play all of them a lot more. I, I, I get that they don't like playing no way live cause it doesn't sound good, but this pilot sounded awesome. It really does. I, I agree. I agree with, with all that. Um, you know, things that we, we've talked about, about songs that just don't get their due that should. And we have, yeah. there's kind of like no answer or rhyme or reason to why they don't or why some songs do or what makes the cut what sticks around not complaining about low light making that cut but yeah there there are there are other it's songs like, that no what were you gonna say i was about to say it's not like pilot is like draining on his voice or something yeah it's uh i guess well, maybe we'll never know <laughs> yeah oh well, hey, unless we get a band member on who knows so uh, Ed asks after the, after they finish, they ask, how's that? And says, if we get a little encouragement, we'll play some real fucked up shit for you. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Fuck shit up. Uh, unthought known is next. And at this time, like we were kind of mentioning before that it became a set list staple, uh, after backspacer while amongst the waves kind of faded a little bit. Um, maybe, uh, you know, not like going to see my friend or Johnny guitar were played much outside of backspacer to begin with, but they, they kind of left those right. alone. Unthought known and fixer got some just breathe were really the staples of the backspacer album that, that kept going back into 
future shows. And at this point, you can hear from the crowd uh, that they weren't, they didn't really, they weren't comfortable with the song yet. And although great song, always a great song, it's, it's one that grows on you, I think. And you know, in the beginning, if you hear, if you hear that, that opening little riff, Right. Everybody starts clapping. Everybody starts clapping to it, and you and it, it's a song. It has a lot of crowd participation, and this it, it, it doesn't have the clapping at the beginning that we're used to now. And, it's strange and it, to it hear, felt right? A little weird. Yeah, yeah, because now it's such a. Well, isn't it funny how a song without that crowd participation could sound lopsided, even when the band is playing the damn song? Right. Yeah. It just needed a little bit to kind of get off its feet. Um, and for people to realize that it's a it's a great live song, um, I love it live as well. And it's a natural progression as well. That's I think the you know it's not aggressive, it's not over the top, it's 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 not this you know uh, this song doesn't kill you, it doesn't it doesn't you know punch you in the face or anything like no, that. No, it has beautiful positive positivity right, with right, lyrics. Right. You know? So you know I think people need to needed to just like what we say with Riot Act, there are songs you need to grow into. I think people just needed to grow into it. And now it's become, a, I think, a pretty good sing-along. I enjoy singing along to it, and I, I really enjoy the crowd oh, participation. I, it's it's one of the best. It's such a such a staple now that, it, you know, it's, it, it just, again, natural progression. That it just kind of, of course, they like the song, and they're going to play it a lot more. And then yeah. when you kind of make the impression on people, and then people buy the bootlegs, and they're like, wow, that performance of Unplugged Norm is really good. I hope I hear it live. And then they start participating a little more, and then you know, we get to nine years later after backspacer and this is, this is the outcome. So right. love it. Awesome. Uh, daughter up next and, um, sort of a double tag in this one. Um, okay. Live footsteps, Dave, love you. Love what you do, but you, you said you're counting. It's okay. As a tag here. But all he does, it, it's still that same, it's barely a snippet. All right, he's doing right. is going, it's okay, it's okay. And he's not like doing the, it's okay, it's okay. There's none of that. It's, I, I, I can't count that as a tag. Uh, maybe he jumped the gun on it, or maybe he, they weren't going to do it this time. No, because they don't even. And, and he and he just did it. I don't. I I I couldn't understand. No, be, I think he was just saying. I think he was just saying it's okay. Because when they play it's okay, they go into the they go into it. They play, start playing the chords of it. It's not right, right, like right, right. Brick in the wall where it's the same progression. Right. This one, it's just him screaming it's okay. I I, I don't I don't count it. If you want to count it, that's okay. It was nothing really. That's that's what I'm saying. I don't think they, they should even count as a tag. It's he's he's saying it's okay, kind of like how he says hey 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 like it's the same. It's not a it's not a song. It's right, like right. It, there's actual words to it's okay that when he tags it. So anyway, we that can be debated for years, but we have like <laughs> way more than half of a set list to go. So. Midway through the tag, he says that the Greeks and Romans kept their coliseums. Why can't we keep ours? And he also lifts off, uh, lists off all the names of people that have played there that we mentioned before. Neil, Bruce, Elvis, Dead, Pink Floyd. And Pink Floyd apparently wrote a song about it. And they tag it with uh, another brick in the wall. And the crowd is just belting it. Um, 
let's play the another brick in the wall part uh, up until that last part of the verse because it's just the crowd is so into it, like they were into even flow that uh, it's it's worth the listen. So here it is. Cool. We don't need no education. teacher leave this building alone that that i think that might be my favorite of the little puns for the building yeah you know it's it just starts to get to be like dude it's like the joke is past now oh oh it's past but like this is this is the high point for me i think <laughs> you no know, we get it we get it, it <laughs> he can't help the, himself the done, you know? can't help himself <laughs> he can't that's what i love about eddie is that he, he can't help himself <laughs> <laughs> And it makes it so good. It's what it it's it brings into the entertainment yeah. aspect of it. Um, so yeah, what a great crowd participation there. And I think again, if you're if you're going and you aren't a huge Pearl Jam fan, and you know Even Flow, you know Daughter, you know Better Man, and all those songs, and you're probably a rock and roll fan, and you're probably going to know Pink Floyd, and you're going to know and love this song because that's just that's how it works, folks. Uh, you're belting it. So I felt like this was even louder than maybe even Flow was. Yeah. Well, this is just one of those things. It's like, if you've ever listened to music in your life ever, you've probably heard this song. So yeah, it, it's, it's a classic. Um, so want to hear, uh, some addressing of the rumor mill. This is fun. Yeah. Let's hit, let's hit the rumor mill. Yeah. So Eddie addresses some ungodly fucking rumors, uh, that they were going to play until 2 or 3 or 4 a.m., which is almost possible, but the problem would be that they'd have to stop selling beer at 11.30, so fuck that idea, <laughs> and everybody boos. Um, and then all these rumors of Bruce or Neil would come down, and they said they might play a song of theirs, but they ain't coming here. Says, you can't be disappointed because they're working their asses off. They ain't coming. <laughs> Neil Pert ain't here. That That's random. He just throws Neil Pert out there without Getty Lee or Alex uh, Lifeson. Everyone loves Neil Pert. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, when you think drummers, that's the first person that comes to your mind usually. Stuart Copeland is, is up there for sure. me. But, um, he says, don't need Neil Pert because you got Matt fucking Cameron. Yep. And then... Then he mentioned Billy Joel, Dave Matthews, Bon Jovi. <laughs> who, the, who the hell starts these rumors? <laughs> sounds so crazy. What's going to be strange? What's what's going to be so right. off key, or or what's going to be what? What would you never expect? Uh, you know, right. here comes we're gonna we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a live with Dave Matthews Band now. You know, that would be weird. Uh, <laughs> but, really but like, a, but on a night like this, it would be weird, but it wouldn't be unbelievable. Yeah. Right? Uh, 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 so they don't have they don't have all those guys because they have me and the crowd chants Eddie Eddie and says I'll drink to that. This is a cool moment here, uh, and this is 
one of the things I love about Eddie the most is that he will always bring it back to the little guy, to the grunt workers, to the guys that have paid their dues. And he continues, he says, as important as those people are to this place, the Bon Jovi's and Neil Peart's and whoever else, uh, here's somebody who's been there from the beginning. He knows everything about this place, 89 years old. His name is Charlie DeFabrio. He's been there before every show, every game, and Ed wants him to know what it feels like to be on stage. So he introduces him and hopes uh, everyone... He's oh uh, Charlie introduces himself and he says uh, he says like I'm uh, uh, he says what union charter he's a member of and uh, then he says I hope everybody enjoys the show and it was really everybody chants Charlie Charlie it's such a Philadelphia thing it feels like a real hometown kind of guy definitely like I said Eddie more than most people will will put a nod into to to the little guy. And I, I think he kind of sees himself while he knows he's a rock star and everything like that. He kind of relates himself more to the, the little guy to, to, you know, the, the guy that's, that's just kind of working a blue collar job like that. Yeah. Well, do you see that? Absolutely. Cause there, there are a lot of artists out there that they'll go out, they'll play 45 minutes, they'll play an hour, whatever it is, they do their thing, they do this, blah, 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 blah. They have handlers, whatever. I feel like Pearl Jam and Eddie and Mike and guys like that, they do a lot outside, they do a lot in the community, and, you know, the guys in Pearl Jam are, are kind of like like the blue-collar workers of the rock world. They they they, they, that, they just yeah. work their ass off, and they go out there and they play three-hour shows, and they're not primped and pampered they're guys they're regular guys that just happen to write really good music and and they they work hard when they're on stage um so yeah i I think i think he sees himself or themselves in in people like this like there's there's nothing different between the two of them they both have jobs they're both people um their jobs are wildly different from each other but you know, what's really the difference? And uh, that's kind of what makes, you know, Pearl Jam Pearl Jam is that they're, they're, there's no disconnection at all. And they appreciate where they came from and, and uh, who is stuck with them. You know, it, there's there's a lesson to be learned in here, too, that it's just like respect all walks of life. And yes. maybe that guy is a hardcore Trumper now. And maybe him and Eddie wouldn't necessarily agree on politics, but... They can, uh, in this situation, they can get along and they can, you know, they can laugh with each other. They can share stories with each other. Yeah. And they can appreciate each other. And I think that gets lost a lot. Anyway, Johnny Guitar is next. Uh, we really talked about this as much as we could during the Berlin show. So um, <laughs> no point in spending too much time on it. Sounded fine here. Yeah. I, I don't don't mind hearing it live. It's just, you know, we... Go back to the Berlin show uh, if you want. If you are craving your Johnny guitar, if you need some Johnny guitar uh, uh, insights and opinions, go go listen to Berlin. <laughs> this has already been way more than I wanted to talk about Johnny guitar, but anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, Eddie says that the next song is a request from a lady in the Phillies jersey and asks for an update and a score on the game. I don't know what the score was at this time. Uh, Yankees one eight five. I probably mentioned that before, but um, uh, all of the Mets fans in the crowd boo heavily. So, you know, nobody boos heavily in the crowd because Mets fans are probably not there. 
do you want to do you want to just give a quick boo right now just to get it over with like we were there <laughs> that's how i feel about yep even nine years later i'm still <laughs> ugh, yuck um rats is the request and um they love doing rats in old buildings or like towns with you know dirty towns like new york city or philadelphia can be considered that um so i love when they do when they when they when they add that in when when rats is kind of added into a town that that feels kind of gritty you know i it's perfect for philadelphia it's, i think it's more perfect for new york than anywhere else but it works in philly too oh absolutely yeah absolutely so oh man i don't know when the next time we're going to do rats is and we've already like we're barely halfway through the set. Um, but we know the meaning behind why they do the Ben, the two of us need look no more. It's because of the movie Willard. Right. Did you know that? Yes. Okay. You didn't know. Yes. I didn't know that until like a couple weeks ago. So, um, yeah, so they're doing, and Michael Jackson wrote the song for that movie. The movie was called Ben. That was a sequel to Willard. And I that's a lot of research on rats movies that I did for about five or 10 minutes. So they remade that back in the nineties, early two thousands. It was with, um, uh, what's his name from, uh, back to the future. Um, Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh God. I can't remember his name. The weird, the weird Uh, looking guy. Uh, McFly's dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. George McFly. Yeah. It's one of those names. I'll, I'll think of it. Yeah. I'll think of it later. It's not like it doesn't sound like a name. It's not like a normal it's, name. It sounds like a name of like a serial killer. <laughs> Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. That's it. Thank you. Crispin Glover. That, like I said, that's that doesn't sound like an actual name. It, it, yes, it sounds like a, either a serial killer or yeah. a serial box. Actually, he, well, he's you know he's a he's a weird dude too. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Anyway, that. Uh. Yeah quickly gloss over that. Um, <laughs> I'm open is next and it does not get played a whole hell of a lot. Um, this was only the eighth time, eighth time they've ever played it out of 13. And, um, they don't even do the whole spiel like they did in no code. And I don't know if that's something that they've always done like that, or they, you know, from the beginning when, when no code came out, did they do it the same way? Um, but yeah, it doesn't get the whole man lies in his bed with no door spiel. It's just, I'm open, I'm open, call me, call me, I'm open. And it's just really used as a transition, uh, 13 times in this band's thousand year history or thousand show history. Yeah. And I'm, I I got nothing on it. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm open. Never really did much for me at all. Uh, album live. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a Jack Irons error song that that's, you know, it, I, I, it has that influence of, it's just a little, little out there. Little, little bit of a, yeah. Like that, as we discussed, um, with Steve, like that kind of transitional, Mm. what can we do here? Right. So it transitions here into, I got shit. I thought it was a nice transition. I thought it worked. Yeah. Yeah. And another day, I'll go into why I love this song so much, but we'll um, get into it though at some point. Yep. And another song that uh, doesn't get played often anymore, but uh, that we've covered 
a couple times lately. Glorified G is next. Um, and I, I, we really do love the song. We talked about how much we loved it. I believe the Amsterdam show was, was where we played it. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, you're right. And this one, yeah, this, this one during the always keep it loaded part, Eddie said, what the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> I don't know what that's, that's for, but yeah, anyway, let's, uh, we'll keep moving here. Ed asks everyone, how are they doing? Cause they're not even quite at the halfway point yet. That means this episode's not at the halfway point yet. Hooray. Um, now we, we will, we'll plow through this. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll make this work. So then some says something about, uh, Tom tomorrow, who we mentioned before did the, uh, the poster artwork for this show and the Philly shows and the backspacer artwork and, uh, artwork for some other posters, uh, said somebody was going to have to pay a large sum of money for a good cause if they played a certain song and as a song, they almost never play and O T O T O that was really written on the spot and says, get out your checkbook. We heard this in Boston recently, but after hearing this version compared to what they did in Boston, I, you know, Boston was nothing compared to this. So, um, for the third time, third time, third time only until, you know, a month ago, uh, here's out of my mind. sounded like a mess compared to this. They kind of bunted it in Boston. Right. Which is a shame. At least. Because it's such a great song and it's, it's so, so rare. Yeah. If you're going to do it, you might as well go all out with it. And I guess at the time, because I just didn't listen, it's a song that I probably listened to a total of five times uh, before Boston, at least. Because why why listen to it when you're not going to really, you know, it's not a lost dog. It's not really, besides the Philly show, I didn't really know where else to find it. I didn't have the not for you single right, anywhere right. handy. It's, it's um, good though, it, but it's, it gets lost. It could get lost because it's again, so, so yeah. rare. And it's, it's just a B side that's floating around in space somewhere, you know? Right. But at least this version sounds like a song. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, Absolutely. 
embossed me said he he was making up the lyrics because he didn't know them last time, which was this time. He seemed to be way more prepared in this instant. Um, you know, it was uh, live on live on four legs. That's us. Livefootsteps.org says that it was back in '94. They played it uh, last time. It was so it was 512 show layoff, which is a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, and it was only played two times before, obviously, as we said. So that that's a lot. And it's, it's worth talking about because that's just when you think of highlights from the show, a lot of people were just like out of my mind was was out of out of this world, out of my mind. You know, so, I, I absolutely uh, I, I mean, only played two times before this time. Um, I absolutely would consider it a standout for sure. And it was a song that was like kind of created live on the spot, I believe. I think that that was the whole right. the thing about it. So, which is weird because why? Why if if that was a song that was kind of you know developed in a live situation, that that's weird that they wouldn't continue that as like sort of the live tradition. But you know that's that's all right. That there there are other songs in the catalog. Yeah, I mean, it should have been a lost dog. Though. Maybe they don't like it that much. Why keep, why keep this and Leatherman off Lost Dogs? That's a conversation for another time. That, yeah, that's a that's a great question. <laughs> there are a couple songs that I think they left off, but I think there's a couple songs that they could have left off and put these in instead. But yeah, I I I like Lost Dogs overall now as an album. Yeah, I, I think I so used do I. To so not, do I. But um, yeah, there's there's some junky tracks on there. Anyway, let's let's keep going there. Uh, Black is next, and not originally on the set list, so I don't know if that was a mistake. But how do you not play one of your pinnacle uh, sing-alongs on a night like this? That, that I, I feel like, you know, they they it was a mistake not putting it on, but thankfully they they fixed their mistake. I think you're right. I think there are just certain songs that need to be played in a situation like this. Pearl Jam, they're not going to make set lists to appease a crowd because it's the last night of a stadium or anything like that. But I think they do understand that you got to do songs like this. Yeah. Maybe maybe they didn't want to do Black when they started. Maybe they thought... Maybe they just forgot. They could have just forgotten. Maybe they just thought, hey, hey, it doesn't have a place tonight. It's not fitting what we want to do. But Eddie, Eddie's been known to call audibles before. Yeah, yeah. So I think that I think that's what happened here. And I think they realized the magnitude of, of what they were doing and how the crowd was reacting to it. And he's like, fuck it. Let's do black. Because why wouldn't And we? mind you that only one thing was really subtracted from the set. Maybe two things. Uh, we'll see later. But um, one of those things didn't even really... It said Bruce song, question mark, EV. Bruce Springsteen song. Right. Who knows what it could have been? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Black Black is good here. Uh, in, that's, I think they made the, the right call for sure. Yes, for sure. Um, black and Insignificance, which I wish we would have more time to discuss it, but I think a night like this, we're, not, we're just getting out of the first set now. Uh, <laughs> um. It'll pop up later. We'll talk about it at another time later. Uh, and like, and just just real real quick, not yeah. getting into crazy crazy detail yeah. about it. But um, 
uh, insignificance at, at the end of uh, of a set like this. Thoughts? Just quick thought. Um, probably not my favorite spot. I think I like it maybe two or three songs above where it is. Agree. Agree. Yep. Not terrible, but um, yeah, kind of threw me off a little bit. I liked it. Yeah. I, it, yeah. I, I agree. It, it it didn't. You know, something something powerful has to come after black, and I didn't think insignificance was as powerful as somebody I, I really think that they i don't think even life life wasted should have ended the first set i it should have went from well, black in the rearview mirror and that should have ended the first set well think of it this way um you got to think of it as out of my mind into insignificance not black because uh, black was added last minute so think out of my mind insignificance life wasted and it makes a little bit more sense yeah but still if I'm building the set, I think I save insignificance for another spot and life wasted for another spot. I think rearview mirror was the one song that I said wasn't played this night should be played this night. I think it belongs in that corduroy black, uh, their popular songs. Maybe it's not like if I'm relating it to, Baseball Hall of Famers, it's not like a Babe Ruth or a Hank Aaron, but it's like a, I don't know, I don't even know who's in the Hall of Fame anymore. I, I'm trying to keep <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I agree with you. Um, maybe they didn't want to overdo it with Rearview Mirror. I understand it's the last night, but you know they had played it before. But there, there is a spot where it could have fit, of of course, and we'll, we'll get to it in Encore too, because Rearview Mirror could fit anywhere, but... It, it it should have been in there. I agree. I understand why it wasn't, but it should have been. It's like a a, a Pedro Martinez. I would say Pedro Martinez is never going to be seen as the greatest pitcher of all time, but he right. damn sure made the Hall of Fame with flying colors. Like a Tom Seaver, you know, you talk about him amongst those best of all time, but he's not. He's not ever said to be number one or number two or number three. We're out of the first set. Life wasted. Not really much to say about it, but um, yeah, I like I like life wasted a little bit better at the maybe the end of an encore one. Well, the night before night night three, they played rearview mirror to finish encore one. They could have swapped. They could have swapped. Right, you're right. Okay. Uh, Ed talks about a sign on the scoreboard that says "Play to Win," and they might not even be halfway through yet, which <laughs> that's pretty much. Re- or correct statement. So we got some quiet ones coming up for you. If you don't like them, go piss or grab a beer. Unless your woman's beside you, then stay right there. The next few songs are accompanied by, uh, he doesn't mention, he doesn't like introduce their names or anything. He just says, uh, a local Philadelphia string quartet. Come on. From going from, uh, introducing Charlie to not, saying the names of, of the string quartet that's accompanying. Come on. He's probably so drunk. He didn't even remember what they were called. (laughs) What their names. Hey, 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 you, the cellist. He probably started to introduce the group and was like, shit, I have no idea how to end this sentence (laughs) because I don't know what the group name is. Yeah. Um, we'll get into some crazy Eddie in about two seconds here. Uh, right. So like I said, original set list said Bruce, Bruce song question mark with Evie at the top. They obviously didn't do that. Uh, they got Just Breathe at the end at the, th- at the top here. Those were the two 
uh, string songs. And I, I really do tie these songs together because they are on Backspacer. They did start out a lot of encores with these in the Backspacer mm-hmm. tour era. So they they get tied together pretty much all the time. So that's, you know, that they're them. And we've talked about them before. So uh, Low Light was actually after this. And you hear Eddie saying in the background, can we play this? Can we play this? However, there was no set change. Low Light was always supposed to be there. So... Do you know when the last time it it had been played? Before this? Yeah. I know that this was uh, the 29th time that they ever did it. That's what I wrote down. Because this is what, you know, I was talking to Buckley about it. It's one of my favorite written Pearl Jam songs. Jeff has this way of writing songs, you know, switching time signatures and stuff like that. If you you haven't played it in a while, there's going to be a very good chance that you absolutely fuck this song up. So it it had been a month. It was September. Maybe Eddie was just a little nervous about it. You know, it's it's not the easiest song. He might've just been a little nervous. You know what? I actually think he was more nervous for the next song. You think? Yeah, because Speed of Sound was a train wreck. It's a little, it's, it's, it's got some charm to it. We'll see. We'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else that you want to say about Low Light? I mean, that it's just one of my favorite songs ever. Yeah, we, we really talked more about it earlier, so that's yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, my notes here. Are, it was this was the only the 29th time they they ever played it, and now it's got 74 total times under its belt. It's going to yep. probably be close to the next that comes to 100 plays. Um, I know like Habit and Faithful are up there, uh, but you know, this, this will beat them if, if it's at the right pace, the sure. same pace. Uh, so, okay. Speed of sound is next and false start. Uh, Eddie wants his guitar turned down and then he actually go, you know, a trib- tribute back to talking about the, uh, the rumors and says, Gene Simmons is sitting in the crowd tonight. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's, it's just Mike's mom dressed as Gene. It's so funny. And then Mike says, no, she would dress as Paul Stanley. And uh, this is where it gets a little weird. This is where it gets a little uncomfortable. <laughs> and he says his mom slept with Paul Stanley. <laughs> and then Mike says. Yeah, it's, it gets better. <laughs> Mike says. Well, his mom had the makeup on. <laughs> so at first, Eddie is, doesn't process what's going he doesn't, on. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't get it. He doesn't no, get he's it. Like, what? What did he say? And then he finally puts the pieces together and he says, if it hasn't happened, it might. <laughs> we don't We don't take these shows, do we? Uh, so then the... The post story of that is that Mike McCready, this is a true story, uh, whether or not Eddie and Mike's mom uh, had sex dressed up as Kiss is, is urban legend, and I, 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 I say that's a negative 1% chance of ever happening, or had happened. Oh, uh, hey, anything is possible. Anything is possible, but... Um, Even this... <laughs> But this part is a true story. Mike McCready, because I've heard I heard this on another show, I think. Uh, Mike McCready grew up thinking the song was called "I Want to Rock and Roll All Night" and part of every day. Hey, don't get me wrong. All right, I like to rock and roll all night. Part of every day. Party every day. 
rock and roll all night and party every day. I like to rock and roll part of every day. Party every day. I usually have party. errands. I can, I can rock and roll from like one party. to three. If you're partying all night, there's... That's why they call it a hangover. It hangs over to the next it day. It hangs so. over to the next day, so you can only rock part of every day. Yeah, just one to three is good, and then you, you kind of maybe grab dinner until six or seven and uh, go back to partying at, <laughs> at uh, eight o'clock. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm into that. Sure. He reintroduces the song and says, this one is called I Don't Remember, because um, it's pretty much a song i think they've probably forgotten at this point it was only the second time that they'd ever played it speed of sound uh and you can tell eddie is frustrated throughout the entire song and it does not sound good he says something to his guitar tech during it um and they are not not together with it and so much so that they don't play it again until uh that hartford show that i had brought up before um and I remember them saying this was in the encore. They were about to play it. And they said, last time we played it, it sounded like trash. And uh, we'll play it again. Let's see how it goes. And that version was actually really good. They were all just a little off on this one. It's, it couldn't, couldn't really reel it in. Do you think that comes from now? I feel like with some of those songs, it's kind of because they don't record live anymore. Um. Do you think it comes from them not rehearsing it as a band as much? And they just, you know, that's why sometimes live songs really just don't come together like that. Yeah. I mean, I've had that situation. I like to record all my stuff as a live band. So I don't really multi-track anything when I record with people. You have to, I mean, you have to rehearse this stuff. I mean, you know, this could have been anything from an in-ear mix to a guitar mix to where they just couldn't get on the same page with each other. You know, they could have had this rehearsed down to a T and it just could have just been really off this night. Like, you know, it could have been an audio thing, a volume thing, whatever, or they just never rehearsed it. Maybe they thought it was fresh enough to where they could just start playing it, which is a mistake. And if that's the case, it backfired on them. I'm not sure. I'd like to know, you know, what their rehearsal process was on, on this song or all of them. All I'll say is that they've only played it seven times. Right. Um, so do the math. It, it, uh, you know, it, it might have just put a bad taste in their mouth at the same time. That's too. probably it. I think Eddie's the kind of person that just, if something really bothers him live, he's just going to say, you know what? Enough with this. We're going to move on. And maybe he thought that about Low Light in the beginning. Maybe it was just a song that was uh, done so well in the studio that he didn't think that they could recreate it as well live. But they figured it out. And yeah, then you hear it live and then you go back and listen to it on the album and you're like, you got to keep playing this live. Exactly. It's it's, it's amazing. Sometimes they figure it out. They're not going to just plow ahead with the song if they think there's any possibility that it's going to fall flat, I would think. I I think they they think their fans deserve a little bit more than that. So why even risk doing a song that could possibly sound like shit? But as you said, in 2010, it did sound better. So maybe they had planned for it ahead of time. I don't know. I will say that this song has a lot of moving pieces in it. Mm. There's a lot of different parts. McCready plays a part. Stone plays a part. Eddie plays a part. And they all sound different. It's a very complicated song. Right. So that could have something to do with it. They're, they're almost all playing different rhythms in a way. And then that guitar sound in the beginning. What, what is that with the, 
um, not the Dana, Dana, but like it feels like Mike is playing kind of like uh, maybe, or maybe it's coming from Boom. It kind of sounds. Um, hold on, you know what? Accordion? Yeah, is it accordion? I'm just going to look it up real quick because I want to know. I want to know what okay. you're. Uh, for, I can't think of of it off the top of my head right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want me to, in the meantime, move on and we do Jeremy? Oh, you got Jeremy up next. I got I got Jeremy up next. Um, he spoke in class as uh, as you remember. You know what I love when I type in speed of sound and the only thing that pops up is fucking Coldplay. <sighs> Sorry, everybody. This is not a Coldplay <laughs> podcast. That we can say today. That we could say, and we can say every that show. I hope we, we could say to. that every single show. Um. I think it's fair in a show like this that they put out as many hits as they do, as I, I'm just reading my own words, as I said before. Uh, I literally said this five times. So while Jeremy is not one of my favorite live songs ever, and especially in an encore, I don't care for it. Um, no. I'm okay with it here, because it's their third or fourth most recognizable song. Maybe to some people, it's... I, I think Jeremy was probably the first Pearl Jam song that I had ever heard, and not a live or even flow. Yeah, I think I think that just because the music be the video, yeah, that might be the case for a lot of people for sure. Yeah, the music video was so prominent and kind of put them on the map in a different way. Like a live and even flow put them out there, but Jeremy put them in a a spotlight, like they weren't, you know, right weren't expecting um so yeah if you go to you know if you go to an acdc show and they're closing down the spectrum or they're closing down i don't know the uh the sydney opera house <laughs> like they'd be the ones to um I, I i was trying to think of all those great Aust- australian venues but we haven't done any australian shows to uh for me to 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 work off of yet so i don't know any um Except for the city press. Uh, so if they were, we need to get some Australian shows in, though. We are. I think I have one booked for the next month or two. Uh, that was a request that came from Stephen Rosenblatt, I believe. He was uh, the one from Memphis with uh, right. a really good story about the poster. Right. Um, so I'm looking into one of his shows. Uh, yeah, but if they didn't play Back in Black, you'd say, "What the fuck?" Right? At the last show of. Or like no. the last. Well, I uh, no, it, no. Come because on, I'm not, dude. Back in black is back in black. This is a this is that's thunderstruck. A oh, fuck thunderstruck. God, that song is so goddamn annoying. <laughs> okay, all right. So should we pick another band? Should we pick? Um... No, I think I think ACDC is is a good band. It's I understand. Okay, I understand what you're saying with with hit songs. Yes. Yeah. If they don't play. Back in black at a big show like this. Oh, uh, okay. It, you're, that's you're what saying, I'm trying to say. Yes. You said you said if they. I thought you said if they played back in black, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" I'd be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" No, 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 no. They didn't. You said yeah. they didn't. Oh, absolutely. Because I was going to say, dude. I was like, are, are you saying Jeremy shouldn't have been played? What are you? Talking oh no, about? the exact opposite. Oh no. Yeah. I very much miss misheard you. So okay. Okay. No, That's, yeah, absolutely, dude. You have to, because then I'm, I, I was thinking you were talking about them not playing Jeremy, and then you're talking about, well, then what if ACDC plays Back in Black? And I'm like, 
dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little bit more structured than that. I would think I got you now. Okay. We're we're on the same page. Yeah, totally. For sure. All right. You were still looking up the the instrument from oh, the sound. I, I, did, a, did, I did a quick it? listen, but I I um, just listened to it on my phone really quick. I couldn't tell. I'm going to have okay. to get back to you on that when I listen I to it. It, on, it sounded um, like a different kind of string or something it's a like very, that. It could, like, be, it could be organ, though, for sure. I got I to gotta, yeah, I gotta get into that a little more. I'm musically challenged. So, um, Okay, so for every Jeremy or daughter, you do get a song that is loved by the fans and especially to the fans. And that's inside job. There's a, another avocado song for you on the show, Matt. Mm, yay. Yeah. Turn that into guacamole. Why won't you? I love guacamole. Yeah. So we go from inside job into an O T O T O. And <laughs> it's the first time ever for this. And before yeah, we're going we're gonna to play it, but the crowd is freaking out because they hear the accordion and he starts off and he, he has the string quartet that he didn't introduce before that that's back with him. And he's getting pissed off at his accordion. The accordion's shitting, shitting out at him or something. And then he stops. It's about 30 seconds into the song. And Eddie says, it's too nice of an accordion to smash. So they almost don't play it. And he says, okay, Sorry, we were gonna we were gonna try to do this for the first time ever, and everybody just dejected. Now you're not gonna hear bugs for the first time. However, with the little magic of the spectrum, they try for it one more time, and here it is. Hey, string players, if I if I stop, just keep playing. I got bugs, I got bugs in my room, bugs in my ears, their eggs in my head, bugs in my pockets, bugs in my shoes, bugs in the way I feel about you, bugs on my So there you have it. The first time that they had ever played Bugs live. And with the string quartet in the background, it like made it sound like it was something out of the Renaissance era. Like it sounded like evil. It had that like, um, I don't know. Did you feel that way or, or what? Uh, yeah. And, um, like you said in, in your notes, how you say all the three times they played it, it's different each time. And I, I really enjoy seeing this song take on new personalities each time. Yeah. And I, I almost, I don't think there's a better song, uh, to do that with, to where let's do it folky. Let's do it string quartet let's do it acoustic rock 
Right. What are they going to do next? Maybe they'll do it like Lucan next or something. You know, what, what is Bugs going to sound like the next time they do it, if they ever do it again? But it makes you wonder, like, what are they going to, what kind of mask are, are they going to put on this song again? Because it's obviously a song that they can't just do how it's recorded. There's always, either something goes wrong or they don't right. have the equipment or something like He's that. He's not so, an accordion player either. He's just no, no. And I, I think it's just going to be one of those fun things. We're going to do it, but this and it's is in how, a special situation like this or yeah. that Amsterdam show doing it because it was the only album song that Brian hadn't seen right. or, uh, doing the, doing it at Wrigley because it was the first time they ever played Wrigley. And that was a monster set. Right. If, we didn't get bugs or hold on in that set. We wouldn't have gotten all those rare songs. They, they, they didn't play a lot of those because of uh, the rain. And they had a scrap like Other Side and uh, Man of the Hour and a lot of other really deep cuts. So yep. um, we're thankful we still got bugs for that night. But who knows? Yeah, who knows when I'll play it again. All I'll say is this. Bugs. Do not draft him in the second round in my fantasy league, or else I will kick your ass out. <laughs> I didn't. No, this, this is a legit story. Somebody tried to draft it with their second round pick and said, I have a really good feeling about it this year. Okay. Uh, well, okay. you got like, mind your manners is still on the board and once and why go, they're all still on the board that you're going to get points for. And I, I finally convinced him out of it. And he, uh, yeah, and I, I I torture that kid for that decision to this day. <laughs> I don't know if he listens to the podcast. He told me he was going to, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he even said afterwards, he's like, "Okay, I finally get the premise of how to get points in this league." Yeah. And yeah, bugs in the second round was pretty stupid. So moving on. Um, no real notes on the next two here. This is how we close out the first encore. Uh, spin the black circle. Awesome. You know, that's, I feel like they sh- this is a song that you play in this situation. Um, Porch ends it, and that's that's Porch's spot. So Yes, it is. It sounded like something fucked up during that opening verse, and Eddie stopped singing, and it kind of worked out because the crowd picked him up and... Uh, yeah. And, started singing with them. I meant to go back and and listen to that more carefully. And I forgot. I'm trying to remember it now. Uh, you know, he just, he just drops out, right? It was 41 songs. Yeah. That's what I think. And you'll see, you know, as we saw with speed of sound and you'll see in a couple songs with got some, they, they had some, you know, man, this is, this is a marathon and it was, it clocked in, I think at three hours and 35 minutes. It, It is a beast of a show. And for things to go wrong, you would have to expect things to go wrong. It's not perfect in any way. No, it's going to be a little sloppy. It could be, or he might just need to stop singing for a couple bars or something, you know, just, but that's kind of what the spectrum is. It wasn't a perfect place. Somebody, somebody put it perfectly. One of the comments, uh, said that it was like going to your grandma's living room. In the seventies, kind of. I'm sure it was dated. I'm sure it was old yeah. and dingy, and it, it they weren't going to up, upgrade it because I'm sure they knew it wasn't going to be sustainable for very long. So right, all right. So that's that's the first encore. Um, second encore, however, we we've kind of lost in the fact, although this is the in in my treehouse of horror episode one, 
uh, episode eight overall. Um, we kind of lost in the fact that it's Halloween. It is Halloween. Show. Yes. And when this episode comes out, it'll be even closer to Halloween. So a, a couple days. They they had to do something, and I think they picked the perfect uh the perfect time and the perfect song and the perfect band to cover maybe besides going backstage and spending a half hour putting on some kiss makeup i think this was a mm. pretty good compromise to dress up yeah this one they can at least take off the hats and take off the jumpsuits yeah but uh um let's whip it let's do it one time one time only perfect and uh yeah yeah you know the devo is one of those just bands that it's they stand out in a crowd and you know they're they're never going to headline anything anymore but they're they're still you know everybody knows devo from just their overall appearance and they're just quirky little you know punk new wave infused sound it's just and the hats, the red hats, and the jumpsuits. So, you know. Um, what did you think of Boom channeling his inner Mark's, uh, Mark Mother's body? <laughs> I thought it was awesome. You know, the whole thing was awesome. How do I put it? It's just that little extra flair for a night like right. this. It's, um, you know, they pull out some rare songs. Well, maybe one of the rarest, you know, it's yeah. a debut for a song, you know, which is wild when you think of Pearl Jam. I mean, how, how many times do you hear a debut of a song? I mean, it is a cover, but you know, there were oh, a couple. No, no, oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about bugs. Oh, oh, okay. And there's yeah. another, there's another coming up in a couple songs. That's another. Right. But then, but then they, you know, they come out and they dress up and they do whip it, which is technically a debut too. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just, it's those little, those little extras that, that make it special. That make this that, like a special. That's night. the kind of thing. They're not going to talk about them fucking up speed of sound in the, in the newspaper article, but they're going to talk about them dressing up as Devo. This is, this is a highlight of this night. Um, and I remember afterwards, everybody posting pictures of it. And even people, uh, when I was talking about it on message boards and things like that, they were posted that somebody showed me a a front row picture. That's great of Eddie and, and stone dressed up and stone of course looks like a total geek wearing it, but you know, he can't help it. Stone probably like walks out on stage. Like he's like, this is what I wear on Fridays. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> hey, I actually have a couple extras. Um, I got them in your size just in case I ever grew into it. So um, if you have any hats, 
Oh, you do? Oh, you have them all. Okay. Uh, Yeah, all of them. Um, A lot of people know this story, but I just want to share it anyway, because I think it's just a cool little rounding together of just uh, the band's connection to Neil Young and Devo's connection to Neil Young. Um, So Devo worked with Neil, which is surprising yet not surprising at all, uh, back in, I guess, the 70s. And uh, Neil had a movie. I can't remember what it was. This was, I read all about this a while ago and he had a movie at one point or Devo had a movie. One of them were, was making a movie. I think it was Neil. And, um, there was like a scene in the movie that's very Devo-ish of all them. They're, they're doing, Hey, Hey, my, my, but it's like Devo doing, Hey, Hey, my, my. And it's very electronic. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, and you know the album uh, Russ Never Sleeps? Yes. That that's a Devo. That's uh that comes from one of the guys from Devo. Uh two of them were actually used to work in advertising uh and they were tasked with coming up with a like a a name for like a um a spray uh like a WD forty, or yeah, something? yeah, 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 and and the tagline was uh, <laughs> "Rust never sleeps." Oh, that's really funny and completely yeah. random. Yeah, and and they worked together, and that's how they kind of that's how it all came together. It's just a just a cool story because you know Neil's worked with just about everybody um, from this this band that we do a podcast on to Jack White to uh, you know all the above. Um, yeah, he's he's put his name on uh, a, a lot, mm, a lot of stuff. Mm. And now there's talk of, you know, David Crosby coming out and saying, you know, there's no CSNY 50 year reunion without Neil. So is there a CSNY 50 year reunion? Well, there I, is. I'm there. I would agree with him that I think he's a probably a pretty important member. How about a Buffalo <laughs> Springfield reunion? Ooh. See, I saw Buffalo Springfield open up for Tom Petty, but not really. Because I didn't, I didn't, I, I was in like the concourse during it. And I, I regret the hell out of that. Okay. Because their drummer, the actual CSNY drummer died a couple of years, a couple of years ago. It was mm. like a big part of both, both bands. I can't remember his name, but um, yeah. So I, I really wish I could have. I could have stayed for more than, uh, um, God, what was, what was, what was their closer? I don't even remember the name of the song. Stop. Hey, what's that sound? What's the name of that song? For what it's worth. For what it's worth. Yes. Yes. I knew it wasn't like, no. You know, it's, it, yeah. It wasn't named after the lyric. It's, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, this is just me, uh, just stalling for time as the next song has got some. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> um, but you know what? They fucked it up. They wrote the song, but, but they fucked it up. I mean, I was looking into your notes. I I think you're being way, way critical for this performance. Critical. I'm being mean, and I'm being you're mean being for mean. the purpose of this is our ninth time doing Got Some in, in eight shows. Yeah, but... We've um, done it enough. I, th- I think your reviews on it um, are a little misguided by your hatred for the song. Cause no, 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 no. Uh, I actually legit think that his bass sounded really, really bad when they fucked up. 
like legit, um, like ugly sounding. It wasn't, sometimes you're just off key, but this sounded grating. Okay. It sounded bad. I, I give credit where credit's due and I, I criticize where I need to. And it just so happens that this is one of my least favorite songs that I'm criticizing. So, but, but you always criticize this song and yeah, it's, but I, it's never bad. But I, I, I've mentioned when it worked. I think it was Amsterdam where I said, okay, this actually worked here. Yeah. I might have to go and listen to that. Yeah. Get a, I might have to go the, the video to that one. <laughs> uh, don't we'll keep do it moving it. though. We'll keep it moving though. Yeah. But I, I, I write out the word whoop the fucking do. Yeah. Let's be done covering it. Um, yeah. I'm so over got and fixer right now. Just, I have nothing more to say. I have nothing more to say. It's not that even with Fixer, I like the song. I just have nothing left no, in the I've, tank. Yeah, I have nothing to say for about Fixer at all. Okay. After this, uh, you can hear Jeff kind of fiddling with the bass line of Soldier of Love, and it's in the set list in parentheses, but it doesn't get played. Yeah, uh, I wasn't sure if it was if it was actually written on the set, because I know it was written on there with EV, right, with Springsteen, but... Yes, they both of them were written in there right, in, okay. in parentheses. So they skip over this. Uh, Eddie talks about meeting some legendary flyer players like Bernie Perrant and Dave Schultz, and he said how much it means for both of them to close it out there. Talks about venues like the Boston Garden and MSG having great sound, but there was always something special about Philly. He said like essentially the same thing in Fenway, where it was like, oh, New York is great. Philly is great. He's pandering here. This is exactly, exactly. You know, take it for what it's worth. If, if it if it makes you cheer, great. But, well, yeah. you know, I you know with with Pearl Jam and with um, like uh, uh, off the top of my head, Green Day. They're one of those bands. Everywhere they go is the best place they've ever been. Like in Nebraska, you guys kick so much and, ass, and they let you know it. They, <laughs> you know, which listen, it makes the experience better. It's great when when he's making you feel like you're he's kind of right there with you. Um, yeah. even if it's complete bullshit. Well, that's what I love about, um, there's none of you listening, probably listen to no use for a name, but this was, there was a no use for a name live album out there and he's mid set and they're talking. Uh, and Tony Sly says, uh, you guys are a good crowd that I think they're in LA or something like that. And he says, you guys are, uh, just as good of a crowd as Albany, New York. And, Fayetteville, Arkansas. That's funny. Oh, he was just dicking around, but not everybody's going to do that. No. Uh, anyway, uh, he says, let's go back and play the oldest song, and it's Crown of Thorns with no Chloe dancer, so I have less of an interest in it. Uh, they weren't intertwining Chloe at the time yet, but I like when they do it. And it's not that I don't like Crown of Thorns. It's just how much I love both of them together. Yeah, I uh, I, I don't dislike them. Um, it doesn't matter if they do one or the other or both. Um, it's They're just okay for me. Yeah, I'm going to take it or leave it with, with those, as you know. Okay, that's, that's totally fair. It's just an opinion. Um, I happen to like it. So. Um, Satan, Satan's Bed is next. Yeah. And I wish we had more time to talk about Satan's bed. It's, it's just one of those that it gets lost in the shuffle more often than not. Yes. And it shouldn't. Um, but man, cool. Second encore. Definitely cool. Nice. I'll, yeah. So definitely uh, cool. When, when we get to it, 
and we get time on it, we'll talk about it a little more. Right. Um, I think I actually, we're doing, we're doing a show. I don't want to give it away, but we're doing a show in a couple weeks that has a really early rendition of Satan's bed. And, uh, that one we'll talk about. Yeah. That'll be, yeah. So that'll I be a little that, fun. That's coming in. That's coming in, I think two or three weeks. So okay. we'll, we'll get to that. Um, this one, this is the other, uh, Dave, debut live song yeah and jeff is at the microphone it almost never happens unless he's doing backup for low light for low light and, and uh uh got some he does backup in the verse as well oh i never noticed because because always, you're always sitting down during that song. <laughs> just my my fingers are in my ears <laughs> like a petulant child um so jeff puts on a wilt chamberlain jersey and sings he says he's gonna sing a song about kareem abdul jabbar i love <laughs> They've only played this song twice. Right. And I love how they've never played it in a place that Kareem Abdul Jabbar played. They didn't never play it in Milwaukee and they never played it in LA. The two, or, or if you want to go, uh, or New York. Uh, actually, no, they did play yeah, in New York. Yeah, oh, sorry. yeah, that's where he's from. But bleh. all right. You know what? Just hear the damn song. It was the first time they ever played it. <laughs> Just listen to it. I said um first time they ever played it here and then msg night two in 2010 was the second time and the last time that they've ever played it so we're only going to talk about this one more time and i don't foresee us doing that msg show since we're um hint hint for all of you followers out there the msg shows there's big plans for them in 2019 and we expect all 10 of them to be covered within that span of that year. So we're getting to it, but it's gonna, we want to do it all in order. So a little ruined a little bit of a surprise and it's going to come at you um, sooner rather than like almost right out of the gate. I think we're going to start one of the first shows of 2019 is going to be and this the first MSG show that they ever did. Um, and that's something I think both of us, really have gone to half the MSG shows to begin with. So that's, you know, we're going to have a lot of information on that for sure. Um, you know, we'll, so we'll cover this probably, I don't know, next July or something. It, it, <laughs> that's, thinking back, it seems, thinking it seems realistic. Yeah. 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 So if you're a really big sweet Lou fan, um, you probably hear it now and you're going to hear it then. So what do you think about sweet Lou? Um, I don't dislike, I don't dislike it. I think, um, do you want to tell them what you said in, in your notes here about, about when they ended the song? Yeah. Jeff kind of was expecting a better reaction from the crowd. So th- this is what I was going to get to. I, 
do you think maybe they were just caught off guard by it? Exhausted? Caught off guard? The, the crowd. The crowd. You get a song like Bugs, and it's like, okay, and they false start it, and they do this, and, right. that, and then they finally get it right. Sweet Lou, you know, Jeff up at the mic, whatever. It might have just been a little weird for people. I, you know, I, honestly, unless you're a fan of the deep cuts and the deep songs, a lot of people there, I wonder if they're just not not familiar with Lost Dogs. They, they, they might just, just not, know yeah, it. or 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 they, it might not be a song that they like. It's it, it's a little bit of a departure. It's, it's corny. Uh, yeah, it's corny, and it's you know it is what oh, it right. is. And you know what? They weren't expecting it, and I think when it's being played, they're like, okay, but. They're like, it's, it's, it's rare. also something you, you, you can't sing along to it's, it. I just don't think they, they didn't know what to do with it when they were listening to yeah. it. Yeah. And that's probably why they don't play it live that often. Cause it's just, it's, it's odd. And yeah, it's what I do like though, is the baseline really feels like a baseline on a basketball court. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it feels like you can dribble to it. Right. Or like, kind of like it has that seventies, vibe of like a 70s street vibe or something like that all right next next three songs let's tie them all together uh uh eddie rambles about something evolutionary you know uh, man gets wings and man blah 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 jocker J taught us how to fly it's evolution baby <laughs> okay um here on out it's nothing but hits uh evolution and a better man in a in a smile and maybe smile's not a hit but belongs there it's it's this is smile is an encore song so right. they they had to do it because the miss you already miss you always right and now had, now i i agree it belongs here i i love the song but i was going to say um this is probably where a rear view mirror would have would have been good for a, a show like this but mm. but i think i'd rather hear smile only because it's just something a little different. It's I, I think it. I think it's fit again. It's fitting. The the lyrics are fitting. Kind of how last exit and why go were in the beginning. This is fitting for the end. Exactly. It, it's fitting for the end. Um, I love rearview mirror, and I would love to hear it in this end encore two spot to kind of really, you know, wrap up the night. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, that's the one. But I smile think is should have played. smiles really smiles really good here. You know. Um, yep. Agreed. So uh, what I was going to say from before when I said I'd, I'd bring it up again, this is where I would put Rearview Mirror, but I like Smile here instead. So I'm going to give Rearview Mirror the pass on the show, surprisingly. Yeah, that's... And, I, and it, that's very rare that I say that because I, I love it. Let's not skim over Better Man because no, no. this is a good Better Man, <laughs> yeah. as we say every show. I was going to mention John. I was going to mention John for keeping up on our ass to say, hey... Talk about the hits a little more. Right. And you know, uh, I was going to, I think I had accidentally edited a part out of the last one, but I think Chris Buckley, the guest on our previous um, Brooklyn Night 2 episode, uh, he said he was not the biggest Better Man fan, uh, uh, not a big fan of the song. Um, I am. I I, I always loved Better Man. It was one of the very first Pearl Jam songs I had ever heard. And um, I don't think, in my opinion, it doesn't really get much better 
than Better Man Live. It's the ultimate sing-along. It's the ultimate yes. jam song. You, they just yeah. they go off on the solo at the end. They the save it for later. Tag on this one was really especially very good. It's it's especially good when he said when you know when he gets into the I need you I want you when he does that that means like it's more it's more in depth than usual right. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's hard for me to have more words than like better man. And, and it sounded good. And they, the crowd sang along to it. it. It's, um, it really is an awesome song. I think what that same show that I was talking about with Satan's bed, we're really going to cover better man on two. Cause that was a really early version of better man. Yeah. We're getting into the nineties. That shows are going to be our first ninety yeah, show. Yeah, we're going to we're we got we got to get into them. We we have to. I know. We have to. This is this is easing in though. This is this is our territory, and this is what we're comfortable with. And now, sure, then we're going to venture, and I think that's that's a good thing that we venture. Yes. Um. All right. We're we're at we're at the tail end here. We're at thirty nine, forty, and forty one. Um. Hmm. He says we ain't playing a show this long ever again. <laughs> it's, and, and you know what? That's becoming more and more apparent, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, but you know, say what you want. Maybe, maybe you liked night three better setlist wise, but you're never going to sing this again. Right. So take it, take it, take it. And um, yeah, this is the bread and butter that we've pretty much had every show that we've done, and we, out of our eight shows, we haven't had an indifferent show yet. It's all been a lead better. It's all been, it's mostly been rocking. I don't think we've had a Baba besides Boston, which is just BS insane. So, um, but again, not skipping over these cause these are really important here. Going back to the point that I made a million times, the hits and you know, it really made the night special and, and a performance like live on a night like this, where everybody can chant, Hey, Hey, at the end and everything, I, I think it's worth like we did with Evenflow playing a little bit of McCready here because that's it's an important part. Yes. What do you think? Uh, I agree. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's play like the tail end of like the last part of his solo because I think that was the one that's to, that's where everybody's saying hey hey so let's do that. Cool. <laughs> The significance of playing a song like this on this night, I've said this before, and I'll say this again, that this is a top five arena rock song of all time, and I've made my list. I don't, I'm not doing one through five, but this is in the top five. Do you you have, do you have a list or do you know? Um, you know, my list wouldn't differ much from yours. Um, okay. Uh, you tell yours, and then uh, there's just one kind of that's sticking out to me that I would I would change, but it's it's not even that big of a change. Okay. 
I got Alive, I got Welcome to the Jungle, I got You Shook Me All Night Long, I got Born to Run, and Won't, Won't Get Fooled Again. And this is why I picked these songs, and, and I, I think I know that you're going to say Won't Get Fooled Again would be the one that you change, and you'd probably change it to Bob O'Reilly. No, if, I, if I, I, were to guess. I agree with Won't Get Fooled Again, 100%. Okay. Okay, the reason why I picked those is because they're the hardest, and they just they fill the arena those songs and it's it's you know they're loud there are some songs that can be hard but not loud these songs are just every time you play them you turn the volume up to 11 and break the knob because they are just they're such loud songs to play and and live i've only heard i've heard three of the five of these live I doubt I'll ever get to see Guns N' Roses, and obviously ACDC is probably not happening ever again. But man, these this this is why people love music. This is this is it. That songs like that, ah, they they kill it. That's so. What what's your change? What's your change? Uh, so and this is this is not because I like it, because um, I don't. Um, I just think when it comes to it it might have a little bit more of a reaction but i would i would replace welcome to the jungle with sweet child of mine again i do not like it um but when it comes to arena songs encore type songs it's just one of those one of those you know and it's but that could they could go together you know it could be either or for that i don't disagree but again i I just think that while sweet child of mind is 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 a did i say mind i meant mine it's getting late um (laughs) I obviously meant mine. Uh, I am mine, by the way. Uh, uh, yeah, it's getting late. I Welcome to the Jungle is just, it, it's got that, that echo in the beginning. It's loud throughout. It's fast. It's, it's Axel running on stage. It's, it's, it's rock and roll I, in I, its whole embodiment. I agree. You know? But it doesn't just have to be about how fast and loud it is. Think about, think about what that arena sounds like when the chorus hits of sweet child of mine, there's, it's going to be definite. Oh no, I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, I just think that welcome to the jungle is in a pantheon of songs above most other songs. No, I, I agree with that. And I think, I think they could both be on the list. Um, but if I had to pick one from the band, it would be that, um, see, and I like, I think, you know, I don't like Bruce Springsteen, but born to run is definitely on there. Won't get fooled again. I've seen it in, in an arena type situation. And it is, it just blows you away with him screaming in the beginning. Yeah. And he's still, he's still, he, he can still do like you shook me all night long is a, uh, again, a very good one. And, and alive. The only reason why I would take a live out is because the, the mashup of, uh, we will rock you and uh, we are the champions exists. Oh man. Um, you know, they wrote that song because they wanted to write a song that the crowd could perform, that the band wasn't performing. The crowd was performing it. And if that yeah. doesn't say the number one arena rock song of all time, I don't know what does, <laughs> but man, you're changing, you're changing the conversation here. You're absolutely right. I'm not taking a live out of my top five, but you're absolutely right. Uh, we will rock. You needs to be there. Yeah. I mean, and I, I've talked about live aid again and you know where I sit with queen. I, if you wanted me to make like a top five arena rock song, 
list of all time, I might just do one to five. We will rock you. We are the champions. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just because <laughs> it, was, it was like literally written for that purpose and it's queen. So it's not tacky. It's not campy. It's nothing yeah. like that. It's queen. So, okay. Um, we already played Mike stuff. So, uh, rocking in the free world. Ed thanks everybody for a great four nights and a big endurance test and rocking in the free world is next. And, and this again, just, this is another arena one. Maybe it's in the top 10, this one. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah? I, th- I think so. I think so. The problem is that Neil's so even keel that, it, like, he's not in the same boat as Axl Rose when Axl Rose is screaming or, or you know, Born, Born to Run where Bruce is just, like, has that heavy, heavy, heavy passion. And he's just, he's, like, sliding across the stage on his knees and stuff like that. yeah. No, Neil's Neil's just hanging out and playing, and he's really easy going. And maybe it's, it's the like you're allowed to put "Rockin' in the Free World" by Pearl Jam in your list, but it has <laughs> to be in like you can't put it like higher than the top fifteen. So it's got to be yeah. like fifteen because it's like the cover version. Yeah, but it it, it could fit in there, God, and really... that's why they that's why they keep it around. There's just too many. It's I, a I know. hard list. It is. It, it is because things are <laughs> things are going to come back up. Let, let's play a little rockin'. Yeah. Uh, okay. they, they drop the balloons and the confetti. So let's kind of play from that part. You can hear the crowd, uh, instantly go, go. for the old building. Um, and this is the last time he gets a chance to. So we get one more uh, last last in the spectrum improv- imp- improvisation here. I'll never play here again. And, and you won't. And he won't sing that again. So besides Boxer the Bag, that was the only other lyric that you can hear. Yeah. And... Uh, this was great, and I'm sure a lot of people. Ledbetter is one of those. I think for a lot of people, if you're going and following them on tour, and say you go to ten shows, and this is, and then you know, like this is the last one that they're. This is the last uh, show of the tour, and they play this the last one, and I think they usually will. Um, you're probably pretty emotional during it. Like it just kind of gives you that just sort of sentimental feeling that like, Hey, this is it, you know? Um, and I can see people in the crowd just, just really the ones that were Philly people that spent their lives going to the spectrum to see the flyers, to see the Sixers, to see Bruce and Elvis and uh, 
the circus and Sesame Street Live and the Wiggles and, uh, you know, wrestling. Can't forget wrestling. All those. Uh, this is not a wrestling podcast. Shut up. <laughs> um, it's not a cold play. It's more of a wrestling podcast than it is a cold play podcast. Damn it. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, and it just feels like a teary goodbye. And you get Mike at the end and Mike is playing the anthem at the end. And that's it. That's how the spectrum is going to be remembered for its last day is this 41 song monster of a show. Now, a bunch of places actually consider it. um, I was looking it up online. Star Spangled Banner as actually the official 42nd song. No, it's a tag. Yeah, I normally wouldn't. He does do the whole thing solo. I I, I normally wouldn't do that. But I'm going to allow it here as a 42nd song because that would make it a 42 song set list. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. I don't know. And that's crazy. That's crazy. So, so I think this one time I'm going to allow the star spangled banner to be categorized as its own song. Okay. It's your list. Um, (laughs) the band didn't release that as a separate track on the bootleg. So, Oh, they, they played 41 songs. No, they played 42 (laughs) songs. Um, We've gone on far enough. Let's rate the show. What do you What do you give it? It's It's important, and it's and and the whole the whole week is important. You know, they they played a lot. They had some great and opening bands, and uh, it's just one of those shows that uh, is going to be remembered. There are some hiccups here and there. I think for the most part, the set flows really well, and I think it's put together really well. You see some debuts. You see some cool covers. Um, to do something like Pilot that they never do. To do something like yeah. Bugs that they've never done. To do Sweet Lou that they've never done. To do Speed of Sound they've only done one other time. To have Pilot and Bugs, like even where they are in the set list, they fit. They fit well. So um, not only that, but this is the fourth show. They they got to be. This has got to be draining on them. You know, with one day in between a break. It, it is a little sloppy in parts. It's not, they're, they're not the best they've ever been. So I would give it, I would give it a eight because okay. I like all the songs. Um, I think the set is put together wonderfully. Um, and it was probably pretty freaking amazing to see. So, um, aside from those little hiccups, I will give it an eight. Okay. That's, that's a good score. My official score is going to be the same number as probably the last person, one of the last people to play a Flyers game, or last famous people to play a Flyers game in the old spectrum. I'm giving it an 8.8 for Eric Lindros, uh, for all <laughs> you Philly fans that um, remember the Legion of Doom line, everything like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, this was, it's historic. You know, I, I remember. I remember it going on and this was shortly after the Chicago show that we, we, we covered way back when in September, uh, you know, a month right. ago, way back in the, in the early, the start, the start of the show. Right. And I think this was really, you know, if I hadn't been started, started in my new job and, and so afraid that I was going to, you know, miss time or whatever, uh, I would have, I would have made an effort to go, but, and this was a Saturday night, so I could have made more of an effort, but, you know, had it been now, I would have been there 
then it's it's a little bit, you know, the the, the fandom grew more and more as 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 time as time went on. Uh, but yeah, uh, this this is a, this is a historic, legendary show from all aspects, and it deserves higher than an eight point eight. But um, I think eight point eight is really really solid on how we grade on our scale. So, um, you want to talk a little bit about the flow? No, not at all, but we should hear, we should hear it. it, it um, <laughs> not just the flu. It's, it's, it's H1N1, which is the swine flu. Oh God. Yeah. Well, it, it um, uh, it, it pertains to the show. So I, I guess we should talk about it. So the first comment that I got from the porch when posting something here said, great show, awful flu. And I wrote back, I said, you had the flu? And then people are like, oh my God, I remember the flu. Everybody, my whole group that I was with had the flu. And then somebody said, I got it on night two. And then somebody was like, my wife got it either night two or night three. And I had to carry her out during middle of the first set. Oh God. Because she was so sick. And apparently this whole epidemic spread. Steve said he didn't get sick. That's good. So, yeah. Um, but he knew he knew about it. Uh, there were a couple people that didn't get sick. But for the, major- the majority of people that responded said that they contracted it. And Jeez. now this makes a lot of sense. This is – so a lot of people talking about the spectrum that I'll read in just a second. And it's an old building and the bathroom situ- situation was really – they didn't have enough stalls and it was it was a mess and they – didn't really clean it that well. It being the last couple times that the spectrum was being used, people were suggesting that maybe that they didn't clean it. That also during tailgating in the uh, in the parking lots, they were porta potties. You know, with everybody coming in and out for the Phillies game and for this, and maybe for the Flyers game earlier, uh, that they weren't cleaning out the porta potties either, which is just disgusting that's pretty bad yeah so a lot of people are going to remember it for being the end of the spectrum and a lot of other people are going to remember it for contracting a nasty nasty flu virus so uh let's get to some stories and then we can wrap this up uh buddy garrity from reddit said this he went to three of the four of the final Spectrum shows, including Halloween. It was such an awesome week because the Phillies were in the World Series, too, so there was a lot going on in Philly. There was a tremendous amount of hype for the show with rumors flying about guest appearances like Neil or Bruce. Or Dave and, Matthews. Or, or Neil Peart. Uh, <laughs> or Bon Jovi. And another he heard was going to be like the last waltz with all these musicians coming oh, on stage wow. throughout. He says the, the wacko Philly media got a hold of it. That Philadelphia Inquirer sat right all over that. Right. I don't know if you saw that Saturday um, front page, and it said, uh, it said that there there was going to be. Uh, it was confirmed that Big Wave was going to be played. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Big Wave of shit left in the porta potties. Left in the porta potties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the brown wave is coming. Oh no! I knew you were gonna. You were just waiting for it. You're an ass. Uh, back to Buddy. I can't describe how much I love seeing 
uh, a rock concert in that building. I'd been there many times for shows, including the 2003 Pearl Jam show, which is killer, and something about the sound in there I just don't hear anywhere else. I think it was the error of the arenas that size. Ed commented on the sound, I think, during the first show, I think during the first show, they weren't having concerts at the Spectrum anymore at that point. They were all at the Wells Fargo Center. So when it was announced, they were tearing the Spectrum down, other acts booked to play there one last time, like Neil and Bruce mentioned before. Uh, and it, it had been a while since he had been there. The venue had only, only had one concourse, so it was mobbed, and you mobbed because it was sold out and maybe a bit oversold and scary at times because you couldn't move in there. That's kind of what I was saying about the bathrooms. Yeah, that's uh, that's terrifying to me, actually. Uh, just being completely stuck like that, it yeah. freaks me out. So he said it might have been his section, but the crowd was not the greatest where he was sitting. It was a long show. Major chunks in his section had cleared out by the second encore. Morons that are probably not listening to this podcast, so I can feel free to call them morons, unless they were <laughs> carrying their wife out because of the flu. Then I understand. Uh, the Phillies also lost the game, and a lot of people were speculating that night after the fact that they were losing, and people just weren't really happy about it. It let the air out of the building. So that that's understandable. I'm that's sure a shame. people were – were people checking their phones for scores at the time? Were, were, were they somewhere? Yeah, yeah. iPhone came out in, what, like 2007? So it was available to do that. Yeah, yeah but I, I think I had just made the transition when I when I – had graduated college i just made the transition yeah i think same with me about 2009 2010 but, but there weren't really apps yet i think it was available you could go online though yes if anyone was there that night checking their philly score at the pearl jam show on a smartphone let us know <laughs> so this this is interesting i brought this up earlier so the the 10 30 show was originally supposed to be the final show and then they added this show after the first three went on sale because the demand was so high. And Buddy theorizes that uh, many real fans bought tickets for that show, and it was a Friday, so pulling from New York and New Jersey fans that maybe they weren't willing to shell out for another show. Just a theory. So the 1030 show was probably the better show, he says. Love the set, love the crowd, band energy was A+. Ed comments. At the end, and thanked everybody for being into it, and he kind of refers that the previous two nights weren't that great. So, uh, thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. That was a well yeah. thought out uh, thing. And now we get to Annabella Queen from this is uh, one from the porch. Ah, coming uh, in from the porch, huh? Let the porch. Uh, Went to the show on the 27th. Ed said that they were going to try to play all their songs at the four-show run, so I splurged and bought the Halloween eBay tickets for a, a hundred and fifty apiece. That's nice job. You nailed that. Well, well done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we went in costume and tailgated while a Sixers and uh, it was actually a Flyers game was going on at, at Wells Fargo. Uh, in the parking lot, we were drinking beers with people we just met. My wife was dressed up as Elmo, gets physically <laughs> lifted up and hugged by two dudes wearing Burton Ernie costumes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. I think we still have the photo of her laughing with a soft pretzel in her hand being held up by Burton Ernie. Um, 
if you're listening, Annabelle Queen, uh, please post this picture. We'd love to yeah, see it. Because I, I, I have the image in my head, and it's really funny, especially with the pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he says, walking down P- Patterson Avenue to pick up the ticks at the Holiday Inn, the security guard at Citizens Bank Park shouts out to anybody in the vicinity, Get your middle fingers ready. Here they come. Here come the Yankees. Get your middle fingers ready. Wow. Respect. I respect that. Yep. <laughs> Total respect. Uh, it was so freaking hot inside the building. Uh, packed to the rafters. We ditched our costumes three songs in. The Spectrum was where I <laughs> saw my first rock show as a 15-year-old, so it was cool to see the final show that said, you were taking your life in your hands going to the bathroom. Okay, this is where I got that. Yeah, there, there it goes, yeah. You had to walk downstairs off the concourse to reach the bathrooms, and the steps seemed to be smeared with Crisco or worse. I'm going to go with worse. It was probably definitely worse. Uh, what you were stepping in. what swine. <laughs> as far as concerts go, though, great venue, right on top of the stage. Wells Fargo is nowhere near that intimate. If you're upper deck... At Wells Fargo, it feels like a mile miles away from the stage. They've torn down a lot of these cool arenas, but to me, XL Center in Hartford, local shout out, built in 1975, almost had that type of closer, intimate feel. Would love to know how much confetti they shot off that night. It just went on forever. We we walked outside the Spectrum to fireworks after uh, Chooch. He was the catcher of the Phillies. I, I can't remember his first real first name, but his nickname was Chooch Ruiz. What was his first name? I can't remember. I can't remember either. Yeah, I can't remember. He killed the Mets like everybody else on that team. Uh, he had a ninth inning home run for the Phillies, but it wasn't enough. So the concert in the World Series game let out roughly the same time, sat in our car in the parking lot, unable to move for like 90 minutes. Should have bought more beers. Amazing show. <laughs> amazing experience. Um, he's right about the, the XL Center. Because the XL Center is – you've never been there, have you? Uh, in Hartford, no, I have not. It's, man, it, it's just, it, it's like, I wish it had a little more personality because it would be a great arena if it had a, more personality. And it it just, it falls a little flat in that department. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel the same way about the the uh, the venue, I, I'm forgetting the name, in Reading. And uh, uh, also the uh, the old Coliseum. They're both similar intimate yeah. feel the the problem was the coliseum the sound was so bad oh my god awful that even though it was more of that intimate feel you know it's almost like wherever you sat it felt like you were close to the stage you know it, it was smaller it was close yeah. the sound was just the sound was so bad that it, it it killed that the whole vibe i remember going to wrestling shows this is not a wrestling podcast i remember going to wrestling shows at nassau coliseum and not being able to hear uh when somebody was cutting a promo on the mic right because it was just so the sound was just so narrow and diluted that it, it, you couldn't tell what anybody was saying. It was trash. I'm actually funny enough. I'm going to a wrestling event at the new NASA Coliseum, uh, this Sunday. It's an all women's first ever all women's pay-per-view. Oh, that's cool. Called evolution, baby. (laughs) Oh, that's how I tied that in. Spicy. Yeah. Um, all right. I have one more story. Should we do one more? Let's do one more. Let's do one more. This is from D Lucan. 
on the porch. This is oh. a shorty. Yeah, this is a little shorty. So, but it's good. Uh, amazing show. I won the Pearl Jam lottery, and it was like six rows back, almost dead center. Met up with a friend of mine and his wife, who had been Pearl Jam fans forever, and the guy who had my other ticket, and I took turns sharing awesome seats that with them during the show. Oh, that's that's cool. That's that's a neat little thing. Uh, my friend is from Maryland, and I wanted to give him a little Philly flavor, so instead of Geno's or Pat's, which I knew would be packed, obviously, we brought a tomato pie from the Italian deli in Norristown to tailgate with, and he loved it. <laughs> to this day, whenever we talk, he mentions that show in the tomato pie. That That's a very Philly thing. That's I, have, I think so. I think so. It sounds amazing. My sister-in-law is from Philly. They, they don't call... They don't call sauce sauce. That sauce it's, is great. It's great. Yeah. 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 That disturbs me. I'm not into that. But no, no. Well, being, being from New York, gravy's a, uh, gravy is not tomato sauce. Gravy no. in New York is gravy. It's what you yes. put on a turkey. Exactly. Um, but it's gravy is the same thing. Uh, tomato sauce everywhere else. Or if you're just a really Italian grandmother cooking in the kitchen in New oh, York. Oh, it's great. It's gravy. It's gravy. More, more gravy, more gravy. That, that's that's what Nana Nana would say that, and it's that's, delicious. Yes, uh, I'm not Italian, Matt. You're not Italian, are you? I'm I'm a f- mix. I'm I got I got everything. Yeah, you're like Swedish or something. I'm a mutt. I'm a total mutt. I'm a Jew mutt. I'm like <laughs> everything that you can possibly be in the Jewish uh, landscape. Like right. Polish and German and Romanian and Lithuanian and like and, uh, and, and and Israeli and uh, Roslyn, New York. Oh God, uh, that was great. I have to finish the story because yeah, the yeah. story's not over. I'm not, I feel like, <laughs> all right. Um, it's very late. Uh, lots of great spectrum memories for me from sneaking out of the house and taking the train to the city with friends in junior high to see Ozzy, which is his first ever concert or to the Angus bucks falling from the ceiling during an ACDC show on the razor's edge tour. When they recorded their money talks video, we've been to a recording of the music video. That was fun. Snow hey Yeah. Listen to what I say, oh. Uh, to the Pele Lindbergh dedication before a Flyers-Oilers game, shortly after he passed away, the place was old and dirty because it felt like Grandma's living room. Hey! There, the, the, I, knew, I knew that was coming. Yep. Uh, just a place that you finally remember because you knew it felt good at any time you were there, even though it was dated and smelled like mothballs. Boom. Gross, but cool. <laughs> yeah, accurate, I'd say. That's, um, yeah. All right. Uh, this is a public service announcement. Live on Four Legs is happy to present a weekly podcast dedicated to the Pearl Jam Live experience. While we try to get ourselves to as many shows as possible, we have only attended a small fraction compared to the entire live history. That's why we need your help. We want to get to know who you are. 
If there's a live show that you've attended that you'd like to see us cover in our program, please send us an email at live on four legs. That's the number four live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. We want to know your entire live experience. Did you once miss a flight? Get lucky in the 10 club lottery, catch a white whale. Your stories will help us mold this into the best podcast. It could possibly be. You're already getting to know who we are. Now it's time for us to know who you are. Well, sir, that was, uh, that was fun. That was a, that was a lot. And, um, it was a doozy, but it was yeah. cool. It was cool to go through it though. I, I, I hope you have time to edit this all. And, um, I'm going to try. I'm certainly yeah, going to try. <laughs> uh, next week, we're going to have Steve and he apologizes. He wish he could have been here today, but, um, you know, uh, he'll be here next week with us though. We promise, uh, it'll all take place at the new Sobel abode in Stratford, Connecticut. So excited to, to head over there. Uh, yeah, we're literally moving in that day. You guys are going to help us move in. So, um, do you know what we're doing? Do you know our show? Uh, is, um, is next week Reading? Next week is Reading. Oh, okay. Reading, Pennsylvania. This is, I don't think we've done a show that you've been to and I haven't been to yet. This is the first time we're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I have to, uh, listen to it and remember it. It was a while ago. It was, um, memorable for sure. Mm. Once I start, once I start listening to it, it's all going to come back to me for sure. This is part of the uh, vote for change or rock the vote. I can't remember. It was like a uh, like a swing state tour yes. or something like uh, yeah, hitting all those did. Ohio, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, and man, how come? You know, we'll talk about this more next week. But how come nobody's doing it right now? Somebody should be out there promoting and doing shows and trying to promote people going to vote. You know, I even though they, they did in Montana. I wonder maybe yeah, maybe Pearl Jam should have um, extended it, but I mean it's it's probably a little uncomfortable to do a uh, to do a Fenway Park show, uh, you know, at the end of October with how cold it's gotten. So I, Yeah, that that's true. But arena arena shows are fine too. The arena um, shows are fine too. Yeah, they are. But you know, the, I'm sure in two years we're gonna see a massive uptick in, you know, vote vote for change especially you know if 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 we don't see anything come of uh the next the the midterm elections which we're going to talk about a lot next week and we're going to really try to not pick sides even though all three of us are on sides and we're all on the same side we're just going to talk give the we're going to give the general idea of of what they were doing uh with the tour yeah, and I and I'll will say now and I'll say a million times I don't care, you know as long as you're passionate about something and you understand all sides and all facts and all information, I don't care who you vote for. But voting is useful and it's and it ha- it serves a purpose and uh, I hope all of you take that to heart and can do it. I also just thought Pearl Jam, uh, they wouldn't have been able to do a Fenway Park show right now because I'm watching the Red Sox <laughs> in the World Series play in Fenway don't, Park. Don't tell so. me the score. I haven't checked anything. All right. Um, all right. This is it. This is the end. It's near. I'm here. Not much longer. And I miss you always. I miss you all day. Thanks again, especially 
for sticking with us on this show. We're going to leave you with a little McCready at the end here. We did a little McCready sprinkled in. Don't turn this, this show off, ever. We're always going to have an Easter egg for it. We always like to have a little fun. Of course. So we'll see you next week for Reading. Or if you haven't finished our earlier shows, we'll, we'll see you in the past. Yeah. Right? We can go back in time. We're time travelers. I can get up to uh, the gigawatts. You got to gun it to 88. 88. 1.21 gigawatts. 88 miles an hour. It's very late. Um, (laughs) Good night, everybody. Bye.